you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer, episode 82. On tonight's episode, the fat manling doesn't know what he wants to paint or doesn't want to paint or whatever. So they're going to sit around and talk about how to get out of not knowing what the heck he even want to do. You want my advice? Just punch him in the gob and tell him to get paint. Anyway, shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage, you tools. We're going to make several promises for the next three hours or thereabouts. We're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you our definitions and maybe even redefining the hobby experience. I'm Chris Yu. And I'm the one who knocks. That's very good. There you go. Excellent, excellent. Hello, folks. It's Dave, and we're back for episode 82. The numbers keep getting bigger every episode. They do, yeah. We're Gee going whiz. up, never down. There you go. Exactly. Are we doing anything special for episode 100? I'm hoping to. Yeah? Yeah. If Daniel's actually at school when that happens, he wants to do a whole... Because he says he's got the server power to run us a live mm. show. He's inside man, huh? Yeah, so All right. that's what he wants us to do. So we can take over the world. <laughs> yeah, same thing we do every night. That's it. Excellent. So... um as always, folks, we need to take a minute to thank our sponsors. Chris, can you do the honors? Yes, our sponsors include, but are not limited to, Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois, Cool Mini or Not's Dark Age, Mirce Miniatures, Mantic Games, Guildpainting.com, Square Shooters Game, and Battle Foam. Protecting your... Army. Well done. Able to do it again. Now you're back on the saddle, huh? Yeah. Thank you to all the people who sent emails and comments on the thread saying how it's very funny when I'm sick, but they hope I get better. <laughs> Some people uh, were giving us a hard time. They thought they, we, we were giving you too hard a time while you were down. Uh, I think you guys give me too hard a time most of the time, but when I'm sick, that's it's that, just mean. Uh, that's that's pretty much what it is. Oh, well, the world man. does not stop, David. No, it does <laughs> not. It, the beat well, goes on. Whatever you had, I may have picked up. I'm a little... You say, yeah, I, I hope I didn't. Well, incubation period shouldn't be that long, but I know it was going around. You could have. Yeah, it could be. Could be. But, um, man, yeah, that was just. I was rough being that Are sick. Are you 100%? I'm about 90. Oh, okay. You know, I still got a bit of a cough, but it's nothing really bad. Gotcha. Um, it was just so funny. That, seriously, that episode was like a blur in parts. I know there were parts yeah, where you were talking. definitely. Yeah, and out I don't think it. I don't think you realized it until you listened to the mm-hmm. show when it was done. It's like, well, he really isn't making sense. Like us sitting here, it's kind of funny. But then I would say it was funny, but well, I, it didn't really hit me until I yeah, like you yeah. said, I listened to it again. It's like, wow, he's I, really. I dug so out much. There. He's got talking more nonsense than usual. Right. <laughs> I'm sitting here. You're thinking I'm just being stupid. Then you got hindsight. You're like, wow, he must have been really sick. This is well, really... it must have been a real struggle for you to record. I was. Hey, we had to get done, and I was, you know. Honestly, I thought I was making more sense than I was, which is why I recorded the thing at the beginning. Okay. Because oh. as I'm editing it, I'm Disclaimer. going, holy crap. <laughs> and not everybody reads the little show notes, you right, know, so right. I put that right up in the beginning. Make it known to everybody. Well, that and I wanted to say happy birthday to our, our friend Adam Cardone because he's a good guy. So oh, yeah. I happy threw that in the beginning Adam. there, too. Yep. But um, so now it's like two shows in a row we've mentioned him. He's like, now. I know. He better live it up. There you go. <laughs> Uh, we have no shout-outs, and we have no voicemails, Aww. but we do have those Conzy things that aren't quite voicemails, Aww. and I will... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Pain, painful laugh is back. The big, hard laugh makes me cough, but that was... 
<laughs> Full range of emotions here on Garage Hammer. <laughs> like, it's like talking to Speed Racer. <laughs> you know, I never watched that show. You before never my watched time. that show? Oh, shut up. I, I'm serious. It was before my time, too, but I saw it on reruns on television and stuff when I was mm. little. Wait, wait, how old are you again? I, I'm 75. Right. I was born in 75, so oh. I'm 38. Okay, you're only three years younger than me, and I used to watch them on Channel 44. The first anime move shows I remember seeing are Transfer Z, Voltron, and Robotech. Wow, you are old. They're not old enough. I'm young. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yes, that's sort or of Battle of the Planets. That's another one. They're, okay, I was going to say, okay. you didn't watch Battle of the Planets. You know, that Gatchaman, the original series. Mm-hmm. Is like so much better. Okay, you remember Battle of the Planets right, when you were right, a kid? Yep. You remember the little robot that looked like R2 D2? Yeah. He was never in the show. And if you watch it now, you could tell that the animation style isn't exactly the same. Oh, they spliced him in? The show was really violent. Like people died and stuff. Okay? So what they did was they cut out the most violent parts. Mm. And then instead of just trying to explain everything to you, like because they had to cut out chunks of this of this to violence, so yeah. you missed parts of the story. So they just threw in the robot narrator. Uh, That's why he was always by himself and always kind of like, glossed over things. Yeah, it was kind of like Raymond Burr it, when he was, when they put him in the American version of Godzilla, so huh. he could narrate, and they didn't redub the movie. That's interesting. Yeah, it was terrible. But I remember it was on Netflix, and I I started watching it with the kids when we were when they were young. Uh oh, and the kids loved it. They you, would get an unedited version. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I mean, it was okay. It's violent for the time we okay, watch. Right, it's giant robots killing. A couple of characters die. There's no Legend of the Overfiend. No, no, no. <laughs> it's nothing like that. But it's like for for seventies television, it was too violent. For a cartoon, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but my kids loved it. I loved it too. Mm. I watched the whole thing. We used to know the Japanese version of the theme song. Oh, like we'd yeah, sing huh? along with it. I don't remember it now. Mm. At least. I used to, yeah, I loved that show as a kid. Oh, yeah. I would love to have seen the unedited version. Yeah, like I said, it's on Netflix if you get the discs. I don't know if it's on streaming, but uh, mm. it was so much fun to watch. It's a really, I mean, it's a good story. They ran a whole story in it. So Speed Racer was in that era, right before, or right before, before that I era? I think it was right it? before it. That was a slightly different animation style, right. but Speed Racer was cool. I liked Speed I, Racer. I, I like what I've seen. I've just never seen it aired on yeah, TV. The old, the old cartoon is really cheesy and really silly, but it's just... It's fun, you know, because it, it's so silly mm-hmm. and over the top. I mean, there's the one episode where he's racing against Racer X, who is secretly his brother. His secret brother, right. And uh, someone Spoiler alert for you guys Speed is blinded, and Racer X's legs are broken. So he's sitting so shotgun. He's sitting shotgun giving directions ah. to Speed, who's still going to win the race, driving blind, Ooh. getting directions from Racer the X. dramatic tension. Oh, it was so ridiculous. It was the best show. It seriously <laughs> was. So, all right, we should stop there. But um, <laughs> listen, let's uh, play Conzie's messages because um, I promised him I'd play him again for Mary Mayhem and, and the tournament starting. And then we will be right back after the messages. Welcome to Garage Hammer. Hey, yo, this is the Conzie with the most coming at you. Normally, uh, you hear me over on Wisco Dice, but today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Gamehole Con. Gamehole Con is coming at you November 1st through 3rd in Madison, Wisconsin. You can check out all the details of the Gamehole Con website, gameholecon.com. But I wanted to let you know about the Warhammer Fantasy stuff that we're doing on Saturday at Gamehole Con. So Saturday, we will be doing a Mega Battle event called 
the war for Carrick Eight Peaks. And what you can expect is a strong dwarf versus goblins themed mega battle game where players can jump in and out of it all day long through simultaneous kind of turns that we're going to structure and don't worry you know what's the worst thing that happens in mega battle you get wiped out well don't worry just buy back into the event with an extra event ticket and boom you're back in and going that's right boom back in and you're going again set up on the next turn across from your opponent and get playing again the idea is that reinforcements will be coming in and out of the battle throughout the day to support and continue the, the battle and war for Caracate Peaks. To determine winner in certain special events throughout the day, we will have objective points marked on the board that are important for each army to control. As those objective take points are taken, certain advantages will happen. Certain units may come on and start to influence the game. Uh, on top of all of the other kind of craziness, this should be a great time, fun, and the kind of game that I know you Garage Hammer listeners love to hear about and love to be a part of. So make sure you step out to GameholeCon and check this game out. Okay, and uh, one real quick thing. I want to thank all the uh, listeners who went on the forum and went on the last show thread and responded to John Doherty's request for ideas for uh, racial perks. Tons of ideas. Yeah. And Come on, all the woodwork. Yeah, people came in with lots of cool ideas. Um, and nobody went in there and tried to throw in something, hey, my raise, I should get a blah, right. blah, blah. Cause, and I think when you're not actually directly involved in the campaign, like this isn't going to affect me at all, mm. you can be a little more... It's easier to be a little more over the top. Well, I'm not I think no. I mean, a lot of people weren't over the top. Well, that's what I'm saying. A lot of people yeah. weren't. Yeah, because they, you know, you're not going to get any bonus out of it. So why should you go over the top Correct, or the, right. try and come up with something that's? If logical. anything, they were more you know, flavorful. Yeah, right? yeah, they were pretty cool. Yeah. I liked what I was reading there, so that was great. But um, you know what? Let's take our first break, and when we come back, we'll do a little bit of news and rumors. Sounds good. Steele, creative director of Dark Age Games and editor-in-chief of Ravage Magazine U.S., wants the Garage Hammer fans to head on over to CoolMiniOrNots.com and find some of the best games and miniature artistry assets the industry has to offer. From professional painting DVDs, art supplies, and a variety of amazing miniatures, from an assortment of different companies, whether you're adding to your own army or starting up a new game like Dark Age, Cool Mini or Not has what you need. We are back. Back, back, back. Welcome back to the show, folks, and welcome to the news and rumors section of the show, which is brought to you by the Circle City Circuit. Da, da, da. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so the Dark Elf book is out. It is. Finally. Man, I was getting reviews popping up on my Instacast on Friday night because, well, well Australia was 17 below. hours ahead. I think yeah. Kiwi Hammer was the first one that popped to be out. out. Yeah, and that was, I mean, they're like 15 hours ahead of us. No. It was Saturday by them. But nuts. They must have been camped outside the store with all their recording equipment set up. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of even even when I mean, you used to make fun of me saying you always try to do the review while the ink is still wet. But right. We never never came not out quick, that, not quick. that quick. No. And then a few minutes thereafter, the Dwellers Below one came out as yeah, well. Like, yeah, like yeah, like less than an hour later, theirs clicked in. I was like, are you kidding me? That was really fast. Well, they're <laughs> definitely on top of it. Yeah, no kidding. So, um, so have you? do you like what you've seen for the Dark Elf range? I like this book. Yeah? I like this book, and I like most of these models. This is so a really... let's target in on models. So okay. rules and everything, we'll, we'll cover Absolutely, the Dark Elf Absolutely, we're going to cover that in the review. Folks, two-part review starting probably next episode, yep. depending on the availability of our super special returning guest... One of the show, one of the listener favorites, be on with us, talking dark elves. It is, it'll be a secret until. Oh yes. <laughs> so, model wise, what uh, what do you like? We'll talk about uh, what we our, our winners and our perceived losers. I like that they got so many damned models that it's going to have to come out in a two wave release because there's pictures of new models in this. Book that is kind of nice. That didn't come out. The pictures are in here, mm. so we know they're already done and waiting. It's like you know. It just we just have to be patient and wait. Yes, they still haven't changed Marathi. She's still got that sort of crazy-eyed look, and she still have her breasts hanging out. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, I am okay with that. But you know, the the clear winners for me are the Cauldron slash Bloodrack Shrine. Yeah, that thing's that's that's a nice looking model. Yeah, it's really good. That uh, that statue of Cain is amazing. Yeah, I mean, this is this is so much so much leaps and bounds over. Yeah. What the last one was. And the last one wasn't horrible. It was just really blocky and kind of cheesy. But, but you have nothing to, to compare it to. So when you saw it, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's an altar of, right. you know, an altar of blood. Christopher hates that model. Does he? he? Just, oh, Christopher hated that model. I, I wonder what his opinion would be of this new range. You know, I actually texted him and told yeah. him that the book was out and he's got some really cool new stuff and it's great. And I haven't heard back from him yet. Huh. But uh, I would love to get his opinion on this. I will say, yeah, that... That that shrine is something. I mean, everybody's talked about Shadowblade, awesome, and the Witch Elves, and I think the Witch Elves also look awesome. great. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, the uh, the alternate for the Witch Elves is a little weird. The ones that cut their hair and make that into their the whip, Sisters of Slaughter. Yeah. Oh, is that the fluff? Yeah, I was reading it. Yeah, that the thing hair is, is there. Yeah, they their shave whips. their head. They put those masks on and they weave that their own hair into those. Whips. Interesting. Um, man, the the new chariots in here and the warlocks. They're, I mean, the warlocks, I can't get a really good look at. But it's just there's so many there's so many new things. So everything is a, a clear winner for you in terms of models? Not everything. Like I said, the sisters look a little strange. You yeah, I really like those, the golden masks and everything. Yeah. They look, if I were to do a Slenesh army, and I have no plans to, but if I did, that's what I would use for the Slenesh demons. The demonettes? Yeah, yeah uh, you know what? I kind of had the same idea. Um, I don't know if I, I, I just, I don't know. Oh, you're getting your uh, your hobby groove back on, huh? No, I always have a hobby groove on. I'm just you, not you doing do? anything. Oh well, it's been rough. The, the hobby groove we'll never talk dies. About that. Yeah, yeah, we will talk about the that. hobby never dies. I like the Medusa. I like that the kit comes. You can make the Medusa thing, or you can make the the, the, cauldron. the cauldron, and whichever one you make, you can get a. Crone Hellebron mm-hmm. on a separate model. You can get the Medusa as a separate model. Right. So this thing actually comes with if you if you don't put the characters onto the the mounts, you got like three separate models here. Yeah. I mean, how much does that thing retail for? I think it's like seventy five bucks. Seventy five. But there's three models in there. I mean that's, you know, now granted if you just want to field Medusa, 
since she doesn't come any other way, you got to buy right. this whole thing. Sure. So you might as well, you know, make yourself a new cauldron out of well, it. Well, I think if you're going to play Dark Elves, you're likely going to feel the cauldron and or Blood Rack Shrine. Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, the, the Corsairs, I don't know if those models have changed or not. No, those are the same. What about the Executioners? Those are new. Now, those haven't co- have those come out or have those not come out yet? Uh, I could have sworn there was one of these models that didn't. I think the Executioners have not come out yet as of this recording. Because there's they, a lot of yeah. pictures floating around, though. Well, I mean, they're right here in the book, and they just look fantastic. The skull helmet is interesting. Uh, I do like that huge blade that they're sporting. That well, yeah, cool. the great weapon. Yeah. And with ASF and ASL, those things are hitting at initiative, initiative now, order. which means they're moving much quicker than they used to. Well, you throw the hatred in there. and <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, these are some really... Uh, the Crone Hellebron model is fantastic. Mm, yeah. Um, she's not as ugly as the fluff makes her appear to be. Well, no, but that's part of it. Isn't that part of it? Isn't that part of she bathes in the blood to keep her looking young? Uh, it's like interesting. That? It'd be cool if they had an option for an, an ugly one, an actual crone. Yeah. Just, you know, if, if you, you have yeah, in, in between bathing. Right, right. Or, or if, if your painting skills allow, if the light hits it a certain way, then you get the ugly version. Oh, my God. <laughs> get out of here. The Cold One Chariot did not come out, and I think that looks pretty hot, too. Now, that one I will fight you on. While cool and the detail is nice and the cold ones look good, etc., to me, that one, the clearance on that thing is way too low to be effectual from a, I don't want to say reality standpoint, because we all know it's not real, but oh, you're mean, if saying that thing skewers a single goblin, it's not going anywhere. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Unless those knives are really sharp. Well, you're still going to get, let's say, three uh, or four segments of goblin that's chunks. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you that. It's too low to the ground. Or a log but or a rock. But it does look really sleek. I didn't notice it was too it, low it to does, the ground until you does, pointed it yeah. out. But you only, you only got six inches of clearance on I'm that just, thing. I'm just looking at this thinking that that harness and tack looks really cool, that they're not the pot-bellied lizards anymore. Right, yeah, those old ones had to I go. I mean, it's a, it's a massive improvement. Yeah, it is, no doubt. Now that you've pointed it out, I'll agree it is too low, because I didn't even notice that until you... I mean, it's a small gripe. I mean, and it's one you as a high elf player don't have to worry with because your chariots fly. All right, well, yeah. yeah so. Well, that we also have plenty of clearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. What's your clearance, Clarence? Right. <laughs> um, I think some of the big winners, too, is the triple model kit for the uh, the core elves, the spear elves. Oh, that's a huge winner and a huge loser. They don't have the giant me. hands anymore. Yeah, with the giant spears, well, I think is great. The modularity—you can do one of three options with them. Uh, yeah, with the one kit exactly. So, what's the, where's the loser part? Well, because they didn't redo the high elf core. Okay. Wah, well, wah. I go, go, okay. Well, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, but it, but it's a big winner. Oh, you're saying it's loser for you as okay. I see right, what you're right, saying. right. Why, why, why couldn't they? But so anyway, so yeah, those are really well done. I think the the, the sword and shield elves look really cool too. No, those just giving you so many options. I mean, it's the only just down thing though is the the head is molded onto the body, which is in turn molded onto the legs. Kind of like the sea guard. Okay, wait. So you just got the legs there, and you just put the torso. No, you just, all you do, I think, is you glue on your arms, and that's it. You're done. You're kidding. That's one continuous piece. Yeah. So wow. it's somewhat limiting in terms of conversions. If you wanted to, you know, chop a head off and use something else, you'd really have to get in, in there and respect. chop yeah. a head off. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I see that. You don't even get to choose the heads, huh? I could be mistaken, but I think the, only uh, the champion was the one that you could choose. Oh, that would be weird. Why would they make them all with their heads on and not the champion? You've got to be able to glue the heads on. I mean, okay, I could be wrong. Maybe you don't. I'm, I'm, almost, I'm 90% certain that, uh, I mean, 
We oh, should know. Uh, okay, I hate of, to say it this way. I hope you're wrong, only because I, I hope I'm wrong too. I, I would love nothing better than to have absolute, you know, ability to pick and choose. Um, do you like the Charybdis? I love it. You do. I really like it. It, it captures that um, marine life monstrosity look really well. Yeah, I guess I just picturing Charybdis as the Greek thing Charybdis, which is the giant open mouth in the water that sucks down right. Ulysses, and so this doesn't seem like the same thing. Obviously, they're going to make it a little different. Sure, and I get that. Um, I don't dislike it. I like it better than I think than the Hydra. Mm-hmm. Um, I do too. Yeah, but you but you're, you sound very uncertain. You know what? I saw it up close. Like I actually got to saw the model, and it's always better to see the kit. Right in there, and, and yeah, yeah. Then, then did you see it in pictures. person? Yeah, it was over at UGG. Out of the box, you saw it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I do. I I like it. I'm just. I keep looking at it and kind of turning my. I get. I don't get that thing in the middle of the chest, the open mouth in the middle of the chest, which is like the weird extra claws in the middle of the chest on the, oh, hydra, the hydra. Yeah, that's makes, that's a little strange. Too. Yeah, that part makes no sense to me. Other than that, it's kind of Cthulhu esque. So I, I you know, I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I knew that Trish did this model before, and I don't want to bag on the lady, but I'll tell you how I knew. Do you know how I knew it was her model? One hand down and the other one up sideways? Yep, because you look at it. It's the right the right hand, the right front paw. Now, it's actually down, like, balancing on a rock. If it were reared up on two legs, that one would still be down like it was swiping, but it's right. down holding it. And the, and the left hand is out forward like and he's, turned he's it reaching toward the, the shaker body. Hand. Or like he's swiping across like right. the, in front of himself. But I looked at him like, yep, there, I, I said, that's got to be. And then as I'm flipping through the white dwarf, it gets to the stuff. Mm. Oh, Trish, who's made so many models, made this model. I'm just like, I don't have a problem with her models per se. Mm. She does all these monsters, and they all have the same pose, and it drives me insane. Because they all have the same did, pose. Did that jump out to you the first time you saw it? When I looked at this one? Yeah. I'm, I almost can't, I can't like not look for it anymore. When oh, I see wow. a new monster kit. It's ingrained in your. When I see a new monster kit, I go to look at the pose. And if it's got the one arm down and the other arm forward in it, I go, I bet you it's Trish. And I've been right every time for like over a year. Okay. It's just, That's... because it's like her signature pose, which right. it's not a bad thing, but I want. Fix some, it up. Sure. Exactly. Well, that might be an opportunity to convert. If you don't like it, chop it off and repose it. True. I'm not good enough with the green stuff to clean up the mess and make it look natural, though. And I don't want to be one of those guys who just throws a lot of green stuff together and says, how's this? And you're all supposed to be his friend and nod and say, it looks real good. Right. You know? Right. You always want so, honest feedback. Exactly. I want honest feedback. And I look at it honestly. I'm like, okay, this sucks. Like, i am barely got, like, cloaks and capes and stuff down when I have to well, add on. if you find a good, you know, an appropriate appendage... That's already molded, you know, from another kit, whatever. That True. You just chop that off. All you have to do is make a seamless joint. But I'm saying matching up the scales and stuff because they have that on them. So that's where, you know. Yeah. I mean, it could be easy. I don't know. I'm just, all I'm saying is I'm really impressed with the models. They go, <laughs> the one in the back with the two whips, though, who's standing with just the feet together. <laughs> like Kind of like a circus. Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it was yeah. like the guy <laughs> right at the middle yeah. of the big top. The guy with the red coat and the black, yeah. and the black hat, the master ceremonies at the circus. He just needs to hold it like a chair in one hand and exactly. a whip in the other. That, that that pose is a little bit odd. And I, you know, and everybody's bagged on the Hydra. And uh, I really want to like the Hydra. Like I don't even mind the shapes of the heads. Mm-hmm. It's just 
like everybody looked at it and thought those were teeth at first because the way it was painted. And you get right. a look at the model, it's like, no, those are scales because when the mouth is open, it doesn't have those teeth there. Then why sculpt it like that? Because it almost looks like there's lips pulling away. It's that or the skin is breaking or something around the face. It's, it's hard to say without actually looking at that actual piece up close. You have. I yeah. haven't. So it's just, It doesn't quite make sense because it does almost look like, it, like the skin is shedding or peeling. Once you know that that's – because there's like two layers. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't quite make sense. Um, I, I'm wondering if another, if a completely different paint job, making sure that it's obvious that those are scales and not even close to teeth, hmm. might make it look a little better. Because I, 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 the little beady eyes on the sides and the, and the, and the mm-hmm. wide mouths, I mean, it looks more like a snake, I guess, it than does. dragon it's, heads. It's serpentine. Um. I, I want to really like it. There's just so many little things that I'm just like, eh. and everybody's bagged on it. I don't think it's as bad as people are saying. Uh, are there any teeth to speak of at all? I think that the, when I was looking, it's like it looks like there's little fangs. They've got like little okay. snake teeth, like not just the two big snake right, a whole fangs. bunch of small ones. Yeah, okay. not a whole bunch either. I didn't I notice a whole bunch. I only got to look at it for a few seconds, and I was trying to catch uh, okay. what I could. I was more paying attention to the side, you know. Okay. Um, but there's little. It's just I don't know. It was it was one of these things that was really close, and I want to say, I like it. It's just there's. There's just weird technical things to it that make me confused, hmm. and that's my complaint. And you know, the only c- other complaint that I have is the uh, going back to the core box. Yeah, dread spears slash dark shards slash bleak swords. Right. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> the shields that they come with, I guess for the the spears and the swords, uh, have the skull mounted or molded into the shield, which is fine. Okay. But if you wanted a uh, a, cl- a blank canvas, so you could kind of custom paint your own thing. You have to order. Yeah, it's shields. a separate thing. So a ton of them for fine cast is nine fifty, which is not a bad thing. I would have preferred it the other way around. They're though. about a buck a shield. Yeah, you almost get the blank shield, and then, but I think they're giving you the one that's easiest to do. And then if you're a hobbyist, you've, you've got to go, pay more money. You can go get that other stuff. Because think about how many kids it would. I mean, you, you know, they're they're aiming towards a market of. You know, assuming you don't know how to paint, you can do this shield purple. You can dry brush over the white on that. But you could go the other way and say, hey, you have a blank shield. Do want to paint it? Buy some decals. Although I think I heard that the this box comes with decals. Did you hear that? I heard that, too. I I don't remember which. Uh, was it the main box? But I heard something comes That's, with decals. I, I could have sworn I heard that. And I didn't look close enough on the website to pay attention to see. So if that's the case, they're kind of equipping the basic hobbyists. The beginning hobby is to do that, or if you want to pay more for the... Uh... Actually, no, that wouldn't make sense. Why would they give molded skulls with decals? Oh, that's... Well, something had decals. I could have sworn it was the this core box. Uh, well, maybe they're... Then they're enticing you to buy the blank shields. Maybe. I don't know. So I'm sure someone out there will correct us. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, I don't know. I thought that was... Uh, I thought that was pretty good. I think overall the release... Um, even the stuff where they missed, it wasn't too horrible. And the stuff that they got right was really good. I mean, they Agreed. really... Th- this line is completely just went... Just picked up mm-hmm. really... Uh, it's a good-looking army. It is. I mean, the cold ones are already good-looking. Um, same with the, the Corsairs. Right. Um, so... So, we'll see what... Uh, we'll see how many of these start turning up. Quite a few, I'm sure. I, I got a feeling there's a lot of people going to be starting. I think Relian already... Uh, their plan is to have some an army painted by Adepticon. Yeah, 
He we'll sold see. all of his other stuff that he had won that he still hadn't opened up yet. He returned it all. That guy goes through armies like toilet paper. He didn't even open these boxes, though. This is all the stuff that he'd won, and he'd been piling up, getting ready to build, and said, nope, I'm going to just build yeah. Dark Elves and dumped it. And, hey, good. That's cool. I'm surprised he's held, held on to a Skaven for as long as he has. Well, that's like his go-to. Everybody yeah, yeah, keeps yeah. their go-to army. So. True. <laughs> Any other uh, news or rumors? Oh, actually, I did read a rumor that dwarves are, like, March, February. Yeah. Why? What's that? They push back again. It's still on the horizon. Yeah, they've been on the horizon. They were December or, the, or November. Spoken and also like a true got, dwarf. Hey, new models are on the horizon. Ah, the horizon's too far. <laughs> I've been waiting. We can't go there. It's got to come to us. <laughs> anyway. Uh, really? Ripping on the dwarves again? I'm, I'm not ripping on dwarves. Ripping on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so, and then I'm hearing that what I saw from the rumor world is Tyranids. Um, we're going to get, uh, like the Dwarves, Imperial Guard, and then um, Wood Elves. I saw that too. That would be nice. That's my other, those, those are my first three. That was my second army. After Dwarves, I went to Wood Elves. I went to the tactically exact opposite army. So really what you need to do is find some projects to tide you over, right? To get you to the that's kind of where I'm at, and I just there's nothing I want to do. But there's we'll talk there's about a that lot later. that you can do. There's a lot that I can do. I we'll suppose. tickle your brain and get you fired up. <laughs> Let's tickle my brain. That yes. sounds good. Let's take a break, and I will uh, get ready to have my brain tickled. <laughs> That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Welcome back to the garage, you tools. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome Welcome back. back. (laughs) Oh, man. The same old place that you laughed about. Sorry, I'll stop there. (laughs) (laughs) Name that tune, though. (laughs) Go to the episode thread and name that tune. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, most of you will know what it is. I think many of you will know what it maybe, is. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, go to the episode thread, name the tune. <coughs> Goodness, we're still both dying. Well, let's get on to the toolbox brought to you by Castle Superstar. Oh, my goodness. So, um, have you done any reading? Uh, Not much. Uh, yes, actually, Malekith. I've, I've still been reading. I'm a slow reader. Okay. Right. But that, that's progressing. Uh uh, Marathi has entered the picture. And okay. I can see like the twisting and manipulation that's starting to happen. 
he's already been in the in the uh, by the Empire and by the Doors for a long time, and he's already he's come right. home. Yeah, right? he's he's you know very um, uh, entrenched and established, and he's going to okay. go off and just hunt stuff in the wild just for the fun of it. I love when he shows up mm. at the very first part when he shows up at in the old world, and they're under attack, and he saves his He's like, "This is my castle now." He's like, "What do you mean it's your castle?" He's like. Pfft. You couldn't defend it. What made you think it's yours? It's just yeah. like it's, he's—he is so awesome. He really is. Yeah, uh, just beyond words. It's and reading these books makes the special character game-wise. Yeah, look—he looks very enticing to play. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun. It's like you want to. That's the problem with reading all these Black Library right, books right. is you read it and then you want to play it's that. Kind of genius. Because I'll tell you what, the reading those Nagash things made me want not only want to play Tomb Kings but play Nagash himself. Nice. Because it's like wow, this is such a cool. Just well, the visual imagery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's why reading all the Horus Heresy stuff is so... I sit around going, oh, I'd love to play some Space Wolves or yeah. some of this or some of that. It's like, I, you know... You're living vicariously through uh, reliving the, the, the yeah, story. It makes you want to play them, exactly. So, um, I'm just reading Fulgrim because after Olinor reading is taking up most of my reading time, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. I either got to start finding time to read more or else I'm just going to wind up losing my... Uh, because it's like I've got Gotrek and Felix I wanted yep. to read. I picked up. You you gave that copy of Scar's name. Yep, yep. I had that Orion, the second book in that series. But it's all got away because i got to get through Fulgrim. Cause just I just be don't sleep. Quick. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. No, I've actually been sleeping a little more, taking your advice and trying to get that's to bed a, good a little idea. earlier. So that's, that is a good idea. Doing what I can. So that's about it for reading, I guess, for us. So uh, what have you been doing hobby-wise? Hobby-wise, uh, working on the High Elves, and I have been doing... Green stuff and mold lines on my dragon princes. Okay, and that that is probably my it is my least favorite part of this hobby, just because it's such you know mundane, non glamorous work. But it has to be done. Yeah, I used to be a believer that uh, I I don't care about mold lines. Screw it, they're not that bad. And now I look back at my dwarf army. There's mold lines on everything, and I'm just like, yeah, I should have probably that? taken yeah. the time. But well, when they come out, those guys are all going to get redone anyway so right oh yeah then that'll give me an go. opportunity to go back and get them old lines there you go but uh yeah that's uh that's about it did you know that the the green stuff that comes in a bottle mine kind of dried out and was kind of rubbery but uh-huh. I, I was able to add some water to it and kind of revitalize it yeah a couple of drops just yeah. to soften it up and get it get it re-going again because yeah because yeah. uh, until it's completely exposed to air the whole time and dries up a bit it's yeah, It'll, it's, yeah it's, as long as it's a little time. rubbery yeah nice so what else have you been doing? Um, what have you been doing with the green stuff? You've been doing the helmets or something? Uh, no, I, I did stick with the Shadow Warrior helmets for those. Uh, the the green stuff has all been on the, you know, like you said, the gaps and the the, okay. the seams that uh, need filling. Um, that's pretty much it. it. The neck with the helmet that I'm putting in, where I pin it, has to be attached to show some neck. Oh, okay. Um, so otherwise, that's about it. I I did get in the mail, thanks to Greg Dan, my Eldar avatar. Oh, or yeah? Scratch that. My elf... Kane statue. Okay. So I'm really excited to put that You're not together. even going to mention that there's a full model. I mentioned it. I mentioned it. Yeah, except you corrected it. You corrected it. It's uh, an Elf Kane model. It's my preference. So it's I'm, your Elf Kane proxy. Because it wasn't sold as an Elf Kane model, but you're using it as one. You're whichever trying. way you want to call it, <laughs> however you want to label it, it did arrive. So thanks, Greg, for that. Uh, and it's a great looking model. Yeah. I want to see it. Let's see how it goes with your display board and everything like that. I'm excited. I'm excited too. It's the part of that hobby uh, exhilaration. Yeah. You know? 
So yeah, we'll, I know uh, all about that. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> you just keep sticking it well, to I me. Will, <laughs> we'll cover that in the later segment. Poke in the bear, pokey yeah, poke, 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 poke. And you know, in gathering all the helmets, I, I've conducted uh, trades and stuff with peop- you know various people online. Oh right. So special shout outs to Rotor, who we know from Sculpers Awesome. Right. You know he. Um, Sent me, I sent him kind of on a whim a bunch of demon stuff that I was never going to use. Okay, and then I was looking for some bolt throwers, and he sent me one back. So it was nice oh, little, cool. you know, nice little trade there. <laughs> un, un, unplanned trade. Yeah, yeah, just by happenstance. I got some stuff you said you needed here. Oh, I happen to have some stuff you said you That's needed. That's the magic of Twitter. There you go. Uh, special shout outs also to Travis Mays and Ryan Taylor for sending me some Shadow Warrior helmets. Nice. So other than that, that's about it. Playing a lot of games. Um, they're just trying to keep the modeling going, even through these parts that I don't like. Well, it's it's looking from the pictures I'm seeing is looking great. Now, speaking of pictures, um, you know we have the uh, hobby commitment, mm-hmm. which I got to just get my models done just for that for my silly two thousand points this mm-hmm. year. But some people are got all two thousand of their you know points done. Um, I just want to remind those people, try to get a picture of the whole army because we'd yeah. like to see that whole finished product. And then on your thread, go in and just adjust the thread name, modify it with the parentheses finished or done or something like that so we can so people know that yours is done and they can go right to those and you know right. t- take a look at what you've managed to accomplish already you know, this year. So You know, we should uh, – we keep, I, I keep on bringing this up, but we should make a graphic badge that people could put in their signature that shows that they c- completed that – challenge can we do that it can be done i can easily do it i just have to get on the horse and do it okay well if you do it i will say things like thank you and that's awesome and you're great okay let's do it because i have no knowledge of how to do that it stuff, shall be done excellent that's fantastic all right oh i did um i did order some model parts so I almost, it's almost like hobby. It is hobby. You can't work on it if you don't order it. So what would you get? You were saying how you were ordering up all those heads. And I was like, I used to order from Hordo Bits all the yeah. time. And then like their whole site had to change. And like everything came down. Mm. And it was taking a while for stuff to get back up. So I haven't checked in a while. And I went on and like, seriously, for months I've been checking. And I was looking for the bodies for the ghoul slash vargeists. Okay. Because I have nine of each. Which means I have... Nine, not you know, ghoul bits without the body, and nine sure. var- the other half of the kit. So I went to Horda Bits, and I found he sells the three, you know, the three from the one kit. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like, I think they were like sixteen bucks for the three. It's okay. forty five dollars for the whole box, but for sixteen bucks, I've got the other part. So I ordered two sets. Okay, so I got six more bodies coming. Six plus nine. They so were they actually 15? according to the no, well, yeah, I've got well, I've got nine. Right now, I've got nine crypt ghouls done and yeah. nine vargeists. But done. you ordered six. I ordered of six the of the bodies of crypt ghouls. Well, no, the 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 bodies don't. Oh, they double. Right, it's a double kit, and that's gotcha. the middle piece that you need. So, what are you going to build? I don't know, but I've got an. I can build. I was thinking of just keeping going even and doing getting it to twelve and twelve. Okay. Then I could do a, a couple of units of six if I wanted to. Right. Or with even with the vargeists, I could do three units of four. You know, if I had 12 Ooh, of them. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Because the four, everybody gets to one rank, everybody gets to attack, everybody gets all their frenzy. Right. And then you've got three sets of these guys running around. Could you do two units of eight, at least for the Crypt Horrors? Um, well, I only have nine now. If I, I would have to do... You'd have to get another one. If I did all six, I'd have 15. You'd have to get another three. 
right? Yeah, I, there's no way I could do like a big horde of them or anything like that. Yeah, mm. I mean, I already ordered six. I'd have to order twelve more to use up all well, the one bits. step at a time. Yeah, yeah. But I did order some because it's like I have all these extra bits, mm-hmm. and I want to do that. And I like honestly, I enjoy the actual building and putting together the models and cleaning them up and getting them to look nice and built. Mm. I kind of at times I enjoy that more than the painting. It's just maybe you should switch. You can assemble my models and I'll paint yours. There you go. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I've been doing a lot of painting because I haven't been buying any models recently. Hmm. So maybe, you know, maybe just building some of these models will be something that'll okay. get me going. But that's about it. Um, what any, about uh, other? other? Uh, I've watched that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show on ABC. I like it. It's pretty good. That's kind of meh for me. Really? Uh, you know, after shows like um, Breaking Bad or... Even Downton Abbey, where the acting is just so like top notch, right? And the story and everything, right? Agents, Agents of Shield, I think would be good if I were like Harrison, like younger. Okay, for me because it's very like popcorn. Like, well, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 the guys who are sort of on the sidelines during all the superhero movies, right? Right. And now they're writing something. And Josh Whedon wrote it. The dialogue's good. It's funny. It is funny. Um, At times, the dialogue is good. The two main actresses are, are hot. Ming <laughs> Na Wen, and I forget the other one. She's half Chinese. So it's all Asian women. There's no Asian men. That works for why. me. No Asian men. I don't know why. I'm, uh, Asian. Uh, the men, I don't care what race they are. It doesn't matter to me. You need equal representation. Anyway. Okay. So, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, like you, I watch, you know, Breaking Bad is, has left a little void. Oh, but you've watched another show. Yes. Um, I finally just went in and, uh, like, literally, like, so in the past like ten days, I'm I'm completely caught up on The Walking Dead, yeah. um, which I really am enjoying. I know a lot of people didn't like season two as much. I kept hearing because they said right. it was slow, um, but and I guess if you watch it every week, I think you know. I was listening to Skull Bros and Roder said this. I don't know what series he was saying about. It might have been about The Walking Dead. It was. It might have been, but it, he's absolutely right because I didn't see season two as all that boring, but I watched all thirteen episodes in like four days. So it's like so it moves quicker than yeah it I would mean, seem it, for those who watch it week to week. If you're watching 13 episodes and it's once a week and it's taking you three months and they're still just kind of sitting around on the mm-hmm. farm, I could see people saying this is getting boring. Move along. Right. I'm in like two days. I'm watching this whole thing. There's so many characters. So was it and, more edge of your seat type experience? Yeah. For you? Well, getting to watch it all at once, you got all the you got a, enough of this character development, but still, you're not waiting four months to have anything happen. I had right. stuff happening the next day. Because I was watching true, a bunch of episodes, true. so I think if you watch it in a big block, it's it's a little more forgiving on the a little bit. I would agree parts. with that. So so you you're up to date on that show, and you like yep. it. I do enjoy it. I like it a lot. I, I liked that show, and it comes and goes for me. But uh, I, I tweeted this, and I, I think you replied to my tweet that I, I when I watch the show, a lot of times at the end of it, I just think to my it's so exhausting emotionally. I always ask myself like, oh. That was awful. Why am I watching this show? And but it's not because it's an awful show. No, it's, it's because just, it's so bleak. That's the thing. I found myself actually after like the second day of watching it. I was I was the kid, my students had all these. They had to go to these presentations, and I had nothing to do except walk them over there and then go back to my room. And I had all my grading done. I had everything done I needed to do. So I just sitting there and I just took out my iPad and watched like six episodes in a row of The Walking right. Dead. Six episodes in a row of The Walking Dead is like that's a plan for suicide. No doubt. Because seriously, when it was over, I was sad. Like, I felt depressed. Because it's just yeah. like, oh it's my so God. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, it's melancholy. But it's it's so cool. And it's so funny because the zombies are just, like, the parts with the zombies are gross, but eventually you just kind of get used. You know what they're right. going to do. It's kind of background noise. Just the zombies themselves become this really just 
it's almost secondary to all this other stuff going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. They just keep showing up and screwing things up when you're not paying attention. Right, right. You get too distracted, they'll come and eat somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing with that show is, I, I get that form of enter- entertainment where you're watching something bleak, uh, it kind of a negative portrayal of humanity, et cetera, because then when you walk out the door, it makes you realize how good your situation is in reality. Yeah. Like, I get that form of entertainment. I just feel like shows like Breaking Bad or whatever do it better. Does that make sense? Well, I don't know if it's so much better, but they can play... They can play stuff that you know that is is not a happy ending that has tra- some tragic consequences, mm. but there's a difference between tragic consequences and having a few lives being ruined and sitting weekly watching a show about the end of the world, right? Because that's what's happening. I I don't see this going to season six and having them find a cure for the zombies and everybody starts a new society and lives happily ever after. No, well, yeah, with that's, that's not going to happen. That's right. not going to happen. So you're basically sitting here going, "How long before all these people die?" I suppose any show or movie in the zombie genre ends that way, they're, right? Yeah, it's they're, a bleak ending. Exactly. They're all pretty depressing. And I usually don't watch those types of movies as much anymore. Oh, but you used to. I know you were a huge fan of those. Oh, I dude, I used to watch everything. But that was back uh, before CGI made it so easy to do, uh, too. Okay. I was in the theater and film, and I would yeah. watch all these horror movies and watch how they did the special effects. I was very proud of the fact that nothing could gross me out or offend me. Mm. Of course, I was like 16, and that's, mm-hmm. that's, that is, you know, now I watch it and go, uh, I just don't want to sit around and watch torture porn for two hours. Yeah, right. I just can't watch just, just nonstop. So no hostile movies for you or now, anything? That's, where is that fun? How is that fun? Hey, look, I'm walking around somewhere. Hey, somebody grabbed me. Now they torture me for two hours. How Let's does the pull movie this guy's fingernails Either out. Either I die or I break out and do horrible things to this guy and then run away. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen a single one of that franchise. Yeah, no I interest. can't. I can't, you know, when I was, a, you know, I saw, st- and the thing is, I've seen stuff like that when I was a kid, but at least they had some characters and some plots, mm-hmm. and I'll, you know, pull back a little on the torture and add some characters in it, right? Instead of just this assault on your senses, right? right. Or they just, imply the torture; they right. don't actually show it, which right? Which is often scarier. scarier. Yeah, that's why I, uh, I'm one of those people who actually likes the Blair Witch Project, the original, because you didn't I see actually like that too. Yeah, I found it really creepy. Shaky camera, notwithstanding. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a good movie. If I'm going to have mindless violence, it's going to be like on a Judge Dread level or The Raid, or just where there's just like tons of you know, guns and things blowing up and mm-hmm. lots of people, but nothing up that up close and personal where we're just going to hurt one person the or thing a is, few people. For... I think you need a protagonist, at least, that you can latch onto and root for. Exactly. If you don't have that, exactly. then you really don't have anything. Right. So anyway, that's our uh, movie review segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Let's take a break and come back and talk about, um, I think I've cleaned up the campaign to a point where you guys will okay it. Okay. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. 
battle foam, protecting your arm. Welcome back to the garage, you tools. And so here we go. Um, so I guess this counts as hobbying too, although not doing the hobby that I'm supposed to be doing. What? It is hobby. Yeah, I guess it is. Working on a campaign. Was... What else would you call it? It's not work, unless you're getting paid for it. No, no. Um, I'll be paid back in the enjoyment of be my friends. Be paid back in fun. Yeah, the the fu- watching my friends enjoy the campaign I've written. That's it. Will be the, it's its own be, reward. It is its own reward. All right, so we put up the old rules a few episodes back, and a lot of people liked them. And some people said they were going to use them, although I still haven't heard from anyone who is using them. Uh, Maybe I am, they're still playing. That's well, I'd like to, yeah. But even if you're still playing, I'd like yeah. to hear how it's going so far. Um, I'm going to leave the original longer rules up. I think if you have a group that that can plan a monthly get together type date, uh, you could do that. Um, one of my original ideas was. Making you take an army list that almost like for a tournament where you have to keep the same army, mm-hmm. so that way once people declare their battles and want to play, we could get together on any day and you just you'd be ready to play. Okay, you know no matter who you were declared against. But I think people wanted that chance to kind of take whatever they want. So sure. we really slimmed it down. Now, first of all, I think I've I think what I would like to go with is twenty six hundred point lists. Twenty six. Why yes. twenty six? Because there is no tournament that's a twenty six hundred points that I know of. True, it's either 2K, 24, or 3K. Yep. 26 gives you uh, uh, 650 as your minimums. I think it's 650. Yeah, yeah, 650 yeah, that's right. As your, your 25%. And then you're not just taking your tournament list and seeing how it'll work in the game. Of course, this couldn't possibly be a tournament list with the extra bonuses for your for your general. You know, outside of that, though, knowing what armies you're going to face, mm-hmm. you kind of tailor to build for that. So it's really not, t- not tournament lists. Right That's out true. of the gate. That, yeah. So, but I digress. Do you not like the 2,600 points? No, I'm fine with it. I just was curious as to how you decided on that number. It, it, gives, it gives you a little extra. You can play with a few more toys. Sure. And it's not a tournament list number. So it's something. It's We're automatically, I'm trying to make it different from what we normally play. Hey, the bigger the better for me. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do that, but I figured you know some people are going to have trouble getting in their games on time, and making them bigger is just going to make them sure. longer. Um. So you still create a warlord. You still get a signature item. It's a free item. You act like it's just listed on the character. I have decided to limit it to 75 points. You asked why I didn't go with 100. Yeah. I kept looking at the 100-point items in the game, and none of them may be super awesome. You say, oh, I wouldn't spend 100 points on that. Mm -hmm. But if I just handed it to you and said you can still take your regular kit, you'd take it in a hot second, I think. So so, uh, you're saying... Originally, you were thinking 100 points plus the original 100 points? Yeah, take an item yeah, up to 100 much. points. I, yeah, I know, well, yeah, I know Harrison really wanted to be able to take a 100-point item as his bonus. I think Grant wanted to. I think, hell, I would. Yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah. Extra 200 points a kit? Yeah, so I get a 100-point free item. Because how many times do we look at 100-point items on those army lists for the, uh, the army-specific special items? Well, you probably get like, a great offensive item, but no defense. Right. Well, or vice like, versa. Well, I know the I know the lizard men have a really good one. Even the one in the new Dark Elf book, the hundred point sword, which you look at, and you're like, oh, that's yeah. not very good at all. But if I just gave it to you and said, now you can still, because you t- why would I take that and not be able to get a ward save, not be able to get my other armor? 
Well, now now being able to get that and get it, I think you'd see yeah, a lot a of these. a different ballgame altogether. Yeah, and but, I think it yeah. would. It suddenly it makes the generals, I think, too good. That that way you can get your mediocre cake, even though it's mediocre, and uh-huh. eat it too. And there's other options you can do. I mean, you could, you know, there, but a 75-point free item gives you lots of options. You still don't think that's too much? So it's 175 points then of kit? Well, you get up to a 75-point item that doesn't count towards your kit at all. It's just this is the free item right. that your character has to have every single game. And is that a race-specific item or BRB? It could be a race-specific or BRB. Okay. Okay. And you can do that, or you can do, I was thinking of doing or allowing you a mount. Or mount up to 300 points. Yeah. That's quite a difference. Well, a lot of mounts are expensive. But you're saying it's free. Yeah. Is that too much? You think it's too much? That's a lot. That's like a a 300-point mount. I mean, I don't know all the mount options. I mean, every, just about everything it could be a free sun dragon. Just about everything I can take is two hundred and forty points. Right. I know a lot of free these other griffin. creatures. Yeah. How much is a griffin? I don't know offhand. Uh, hundred something. Well, okay. Well, that's that's maybe. why it's in know. blue. That's the one I'm still I'm still working on making. That's the ore. In, anything in blue on this sheet for you, Chris. I know the listeners mm-hmm. can't see it. Is the stuff I'm still working on. Okay. Well, any of the talking points that we're bringing up are are highlighted. So. Right. Um. Characters still level up the same. Characters still get, if they get hurt, they still do that the same. Units level up the same. I'm thinking of taking out the, for, at least for our campaign, pulling the magic, being able to steal the magic banners. Now, originally that was, you could steal an army's magic banner and retain if, its abilities for your own army. If I'm in combat, and you know how when the unit breaks but the, the, the guy won't run mm-hmm. and you get his banner? When you get his banner, if it's a magical banner, you can try to unlock that magic and keep it for that unit as their free magical banner. Does that mean that the army you took it from no longer has access to it? No. Oh, okay. I mean, I suppose they can go out and get a new one or get another one. It's only one per army. It doesn't mean it's one per... There could be um, unexpected side effects of that. Oh, sure. So let's say let's say I bring my high elves to the field, uh-huh. and I bring the banner of the world dragon, because every high elf player does, Yep. and I lose to... You and I lose to Alex, and Harrison is running his demons. Now, all of a sudden, he's facing three armies that have Banner of the World Dragon. And the, like I said, that's why I'm thinking of dropping it, because there are too many very... Like I said, you and Alex, and I talked to you guys, and said, try to make it simpler. Right. And this is, I think, I think it's a... Oh, cool, is that why you dropped this rule entirely? Well, I think it's a cool idea. It is. But I looked at this, and I said, I want to cut rules out. It took about a half page almost to explain this completely. Actually, about a third of a page to explain how it works completely. So it's a third of a page of rules. And like you said, it could lead to completely unforeseen imbalances. The, the other thing you could do is put a cap on the value of that banner that can be taken. So up to a 25-point banner, for example. So yeah. something nice but not broken. Sure, sure. Yeah, that could, then you can't get that super uber powerful banner. Right. But if you can get some smaller, that might. But I think for at least for our first campaign, trying this sort of a campaign, I think I'm just going to leave it out. Okay. Just for the sake of let's keep it simpler. Streamline and, it a bit. Yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, what else do we do? Okay. Now movement. I had all sorts of weird sort of stuff. Um, first of all, I made it a requirement that you play a storm of magic game if you're near the fastness, which was around, mm-hmm. and basically everybody who's playing told me. 
Actually, everybody I talked to, I haven't talked to everybody who's playing, uh-huh. but everybody I talked to said, I don't really want to play Storm of Magic. So I, so I said, okay. So I made it optional. Okay, it, so let me just, in defense of those who voiced that they didn't want to, okay. I don't think any, a single one of those people owns the book. And that's fair. I'm, like, I'm not complaining. In fact, I said it kind of like, I don't want to, because right. I'm teasing. Right. But the fact is, I understand. You know what? If nobody wants to play it, then I'm taking it out of the campaign. Um, I would like to play it. I don't know if Greg or or um, maybe Stephanie does. Uh, I know Harrison was interested at least. So I put the option there. I said it's there, and if you do agree to play it, as a bonus you get an extra relic I- at the end. For my part, uh, I'm open to it I'm for the guessing, most part. And here's the thing. I'm guessing most people are going to opt not to, but I figured if you, wanted to, if, you want, if you were willing to try something different, I'd give you a little bonus for it. You know what I'm saying? So it's something that's interesting. Um, but I totally made it optional. Okay. Then what else? Um, now, movement, I had made it, and I thought I had a pretty cool system. Um, basically, I was going to give you a really large, like, 2D6 plus something for movement on the board. So instead of use, and so instead of having to buy tiles with victory points like in the regular Mighty Empires, mm-hmm. you'd actually roll and move your piece around the board, claiming tiles. And originally, I had a whole system set up where you would use two of your movement points, like whatever you rolled, one to move into an untaken territory, and then one to subdue it and put your flag. And then, you know, rolling to take your opponent's territories and stuff like this, it, it got really, once again, it was like a half a page for how to move around a board. Band management. Okay. So I made it simpler. Um, unclaimed tiles are automatically claimed if you just move into it. So you start off with your territory, you well, move into an empty... Question for you. Yeah. So you can move two d six spaces. Let's say. Well, you, I think I have this now at d six plus one. Okay. So, so let's move. say let's say you roll four spaces. Okay. And get to that space, you know, way over there. Okay. Does that mean all the intervening spaces that you move through to get there, you also get to claim? Yes. Every every space you move, any okay. unclaimed space you move into, you get to claim. I see. Okay. Now, where it basically, so you kind of want to at first you want to get a decent sized roll and start grabbing a lot of land, because that at the end of the turn. The amount of land you own is how much you can, how much land you can okay, use so to search for relics. land grab at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, if you move into an enemy tile, you have to convert them. And I made it really simple. Basically, instead of having to roll for stuff, if I move into your tile, let's say I've got, I roll a four, I move one space into an unclaimed tile. That's one. Then I move into your tile. That's another one. That's two. That'll count as two of oh, the points of movement. Oh, because it's an enemy tile. Yes. So I have okay. to basically move in and take the time to convert sure. the people. Purge it. Yes. Yeah. So I And I don't know if we should do a 2D6 and have people move a lot to get a big land grab, because it is a big board. Mm. Um, and, you know, and that like, the quicker you grab land, the quicker we get to the get enough relics to get to the end of the game. Right, right. Um, unless we just play a slightly smaller board. Um, but like I said, then you can take your opponent's land, and then suddenly once the land becomes sparse, you get a really good roll. You might be able to grab five or six of his land pieces. Then you're getting more land to roll for us. He's getting less. Hmm. So it could work this way. Okay. Um, what else? Oh, um, one of the things that I put in was that if you're moving and if you move into a tile that your enemy's uh, general, because each of you are going to have a, a, a piece that represents your army that moves around the board. Um if you move into a tile that's already occupied by a different general, that's an automatic, you guys are going to war. You moved into the same right. space. Okay. What I put in was this option, in case you really don't want to fight this person. Why would you move into it? If No, if you're the one that got moved into. Like your piece but is sometimes there. you have to fight when you don't want to. That's true. But what I, what I had put in here, and this is a, a rule that I wanted to throw past you, mm-hmm. um, 
is to look out. You're on the lookout for an ambush. So let's say I really don't want to fight you, okay? Because I know I'm going to lose. It's going to cause bad things. I really want to get over there and fight this person mm-hmm. instead. You move into my space. I can roll a dice, and on a five up, I get. I can. I, I've had my scouts watching, and I've avoided you. If I haven't moved at at all yet, I get my normal movement minus one because I lose one sure, for trying to dodge right. you. If I have had my normal movement, then all I can do is I can move one space away from you. So I basically I do a dodge maneuver. So if if you really want to avoid playing a certain person, huh, okay. you know, t- for strategy wise, I don't know what the strategy in the games how the strategies are going to turn out, but I thought it might be interesting to give them a chance to evade. I'm wondering if you think, and I, like I said, take the rules home and read them. But I'm wondering if you think that's one another one of those one rules too many things. My my gut instinct to that rule is it adds a, a, another big dimension to the map management aspect of things. And so if, if a lot of people are moving and anticipating battles <coughs> and I roll that five up and I end up not having to face Grant mm-hmm. uh, just because, I, let's say, I don't want to or I'm not prepared to, does that you know? Then he, we don't get to play and, and fight a game. I, I would think that in a campaign of Warhammer, mm-hmm. well, because we used to, we used to, to have the random events where you could you could you could block people from attacking you and stuff like that. And I don't know if we're going to have that now. Although we might have that as a rule. True. You know, I, that, yeah, maybe you're right. But, but that, that was only one option available to the entire group. Are you saying that this is available to everyone all the time? Yeah, that's. I guess, that might I, be. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we scratch that rule. See, this is why I like talking about okay. this. All right. Um, if you fight two, if you, after battles are fought, two armies cannot occupy the same tile. So here's what I did for this, and I think I made it a little more interesting. But basically, if you lose the battle, you have to retreat. Okay. Mm-hmm. And here's how the retreat works: um, you roll a d6 on a one or a two, you're routed. You run all the way home back to your capital. So this is a good reason for people to want to move into the tiles and actually challenge you and fight you. Mm-hmm. Because if you lose the battle in a square-to-square and you roll a really bad roll, you can move all the way back to your capital, which means you're going to be wasting your next roll, your next turn getting of roll, back out there. getting back out uh-huh. to where there's unclaimed tiles. So if, you're getting, if, you're, if your territory is getting big, me getting a big victory against you can not, could potentially knock you all the way back to your capital. Right. Uh, on a three or four, you just go D6 back towards your capital, like in the straightest okay. line possible. On a five, you move one space towards your capital. And if you still manage to roll a six, you get to move into any adjacent tile hmm. after the battle. So you don't necessarily even run. You might move closer towards the heart of your enemy's land. You just you can't be in the same space. Mm-hmm. But you rolled that six. We're not running. Right. You know? It's a, it's a strategic withdrawal. Yeah. So basically on a six, it's just like everything else in Warhammer. Like when you do your black powder checks, right, you know, right. a six, oh, nothing happens. It's, I'm okay. I, I would... Um Challenge you to consider having a route be only on a one, okay? Because that could be campaign ending for some players. Okay, so on a route they only on a one, so you don't want to push them all the way back. To I, well, their... I, I'm okay with that, but um, the chance of it should be one and six, not one and three. Okay, I got you. So then, so you'd have to adjust the table a little bit. I could just make that two through four. So most of the, half the time, you're just going to go d six back towards. I mean, d six could be pretty far back into your territory as well. Although that's, that's yeah, that's a, that's another one. I I think if you're going to have any one of these be a three like a three and six chance, it would be uh, move your army directly toward your capital one space. Okay, I switch in, or maybe a two be d six and a three and four be d three. Could be, yeah. Could be. I think that works. 
because you want something a little bit kinder. Yeah, I just I think pushing them there's just the one space pushing them could mean also getting stuck in this whole thing of this person is now going to just go that one space and reattack you, and you two wind up fighting each other the whole game. Could be. It depends on how big. I haven't seen your map, so I don't know like how big it is. Originally, I was going to use two Mighty Empires maps. Okay, that's a lot of yeah. That is a lot. But if we've got but if two people are in one corner, they're going to end up fighting anyway. Unless you stretch out towards that open land, because if we have True. seven players, it'll be stretched out. But I like that three and four being D three. So you got uh, you basically got a two thirds chance of not moving any more than D three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you got a one third chance of moving one space, a third of moving D three, and then only one and two might move back a lot more. All right, that works. Cool. Um, so what else you got? Let's see. If the invading oh, if the invading player wins the tile, like wins the battle, mm-hmm. and you have to leave, uh, then they roll the dice, and on a two plus, they actually get the tile, so they can get it. Oh, okay. Harrison, your mom wants you. Um, I just thought that way because normally you got to use that uh, that po- movement point to subdue your enemy land, mm-hmm. but actually fighting the battle in it and running off the warlord, it'll on a two plus, it'll convert them for you. So mm-hmm. it's not automatic. There still could be that one in six chance. Right. That they're just like, I'm not changing. Those he wily insurgents. Exactly. Fight. Um, rolling for excavation, same in the, in the end game. Now, the end game, I still I haven't changed that, and that's the last thing I just, and I want to talk with all you guys about it. Mm-hmm. My plan was to have the top four players going into that end battle. The top two fight the siege battle at mm-hmm. the fortress. Three and four have a storm of magic battle because the magic winds are going crazy. Mm-hmm. The winners of those two battles... Square off. Square off, but, and this is where I made it, and this is, you know, this is kind of what I thought was interesting is because the battle's happening right after the other battle, yeah. any units that you have survived, those have to stay in your list, okay? Mm. Now, wh- whatever, however many points you lost in the game, you can replace half those points with whatever you want. Basically, these guys lived, you're still on the wall, they're coming. Mm hmm. And those guys who finish the battle get over there before he gets reinforcements. So they're just scraping up whoever they can find along the way to right. fill in the poles. So the more you lose in the first battle, the better, the worse off you the are. The worse off you're going to be because you can only replace half. Is there any cap in terms of point size? Is it capped at 2600? Well, yeah. I mean, you'd start off with your you'd start off with your normal 2600 point Lot limit. Limit. And then, um, so you, let's say you lose 600, so you're at 2000, then you get half of that back again, so, so you're at 2300. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I thought because then you've got the top four players, you got a couple of battles going on, and then those that last battle becomes this last epic final. These are the guys. I just mm-hmm. I kind of thought you know it's like we're not even at full strength. We thought we fought them off, and then here comes these it's other like guys. The, the two towers, like you, you teenage boys, grab this axe and man the wall. Exactly, it's getting down to that. It's that desperate. It's that desperate of a battle, um, and I thought that might be really fun. A fun way to end it. Something really different. Now, if nobody wants to play it that way, we could change it. I have I, no problem with it. I, I do wonder, because it's... Um, it, I'm assuming that it only takes a 100-point differential to win a game. Is that right? Just like right, the standard one yeah, rules? I, yeah. That might alter the way some people play, knowing that the more they lose, the worse off they'll be. So they might just try to squeak by that 100-point win, knowing that... Oh, I you see know what, what you're saying. If they, if, they don't have to, if they don't suffer any losses, they'll be that much further ahead. I, I see. No, no, so, I see what you're saying. Hmm. That's something we need. I need to address, isn't it? 
something to think about. Because that might happen through all the games, too. Because even uh, right. instead of building with the points, remember we used to be able mm-hmm. to build your cities and stuff? Now every turn, you just get, unless you were routed, mm. in which case you can still do it on like a three-up, you got to roll three-up, you just get to place one improvement every turn. Okay. Whether it's a mine or a city or a capital, or you already start with a capital. Right. Whether it's a mine or a village or a village that converts to a city, you get to place one thing every turn. That way, it's just everyone's everyone's growing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, depending on where you place them, you know. And then if you get everybody's getting, if you can get in there and move your guys through and steal their 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 bonus, mm-hmm. you know, their, their special their special lands, mm-hmm. you know, you get a bonus. So maybe I should maybe I should make the different you know a hundred point make different different levels. And maybe that'll give you a bonus to you know looking for relics if you win really well. So the the larger the margin of victory, the sweeter the potential reward. Yes, is that where you're heading? Yeah, yeah. That, I, I think that would work. That kind of that'll it keep, depends how you do it. That'll keep people though pushing for a bigger victory. Right. But you have to be careful because you don't want to have win at all cost type games. You know what I mean? True. So but, it's a delicate balance that you're uh, right. Well, I mean, it'll make it a small bonus, but a worth it bonus. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, yeah. What I don't want to do is just wind up making it because I mean, you know, even at the end, you know, the, with the bonuses, you know, at, at that point, at the end, you may want to go for broke because you, you sure you, it's it's the last couple of games, so just go for it. Huh. So I don't know. Huh. Like I said, I think I think so far this is a much better draft than at least for. What you guys as players want, I think this is looking much better. You know, just looking at it uh, quickly here, sitting here, it's it's much easier to grasp, which yeah. is a good thing. Right. So, yeah, I think you're onto something. Okay, so we're almost we're almost there. Eventually, we'll get this campaign started. I'll try to put in the uh, one or two small adjustments we talked about, and then I'm going to send out the uh, rules to the group and see see what you all think. And if you all agree, then we'll get it started. Sounds like a plan. I'm so excited. It worked. There's so many other cool... It's so funny because now that I've really trimmed it down, it's like some of the mechanics actually just work better Mm. because they're simpler. Less is more. Uh, And with less things, I think we can really get... We'll get to see how much the few things we left in, the different... um, The impact that they'll have. Yeah, the impact that the the experience and stuff will have. Nice. All right. So, uh, break. Might as well. And... um, what are we talking about when we come back? Where's my sheet? Uh, hobby ruts, paralysis, and coma. Hey guys, if you're the type of person who would rather have oral surgery than put a brush to a model, then let me suggest Guild Painting Services. They're a professional painting service that pride themselves on having customer interaction like going to a local commissioned painter, but having the quality and speed of a large studio. They build, paint, and convert miniatures for all game systems. They're competitively priced, and if you want to talk quality, go to guildpainting.com and check out the quality of the miniatures that they've got on display. If you're a person who likes to have a beautifully painted army on the table but doesn't have either the time, desire, or ability to bring it to that standard, you can trust your models to the guys at Guild Painting Services at guildpainting.com. You'll be glad to check them out.
back, 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 back. I don't know what song you were singing there. That was the beginning of Copacabana. Oh, okay. So I did get it. Yeah, you did. That's why I left. You got it. How weird are we? All right. So, so let's talk about your ruts, your paralysis, and your coma. Oh man. How bad is it? How severe? On a scale of 1 to 10, how ba- how much does it hurt? I just don't feel like doing anything. Because there's like nothing I want to sit down and actually commit to and spend time doing. I I don't know what it is. So I, you have, have the time, you just don't have the drive? Well, okay. I mean, real basically it's like when I do finally, you know, once I got over being sick and got caught up with school and it was time to sit down and do some work and even before that, it was like I could probably sit down and find an hour to paint, but I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have anything pulled out and ready, mm. and there's probably other things that I could be doing that I need to get done, and it's just basically because I don't really have a focus. And I know i got to get ready for pack. I've got like nine or ten models of paint. Right. I want to make a better display board. It's just I think part of it is, you know, it's like I want to try something different. I've never played an army for this long. And as much as I'm enjoying playing my uh, my vampire counts, a lot of other people are getting other things. New things are coming in. Things are changing. Right. Um, I'm having real trouble winning with them lately against all you guys with your new armies. And it's just like I'm sort of getting to the point where I can either try up some new builds and start from scratch and, and, and start over with my VC, or I can just kind of put them aside for a little while because I'm a little bored with them mm-hmm. and, and start something new. But I don't know what to start. And I want to. It's like the thing I really want to kind of go to are the two armies that don't are that are keep, I, I, you keep hearing new book on the horizon. Right. So I've been waiting on the horizon for the last few months, and now the horizon just moved back farther. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, well, I still don't know what I want to do, and I, that's basically where I've been at. I've done nothing. I haven't painted a model since Invasion Kenosha. Okay. I haven't picked up a brush since. I mean, so that was what, July, that was late, mid to late summer. Yeah, mid July. Yep. So it's uh, almost three months. I haven't. I mean, how many I, models do you have to paint for Wapaka? I think like nine. Nine like core models, infantry, or what? Uh, I gotta do a few. Um, I gotta do the Blood Knights, mm. and then I've got to do. Well, I gotta do the Vargas, but I don't know if I need those for Paka or for my two thousand point hobby commitment challenge. But okay. I've still got to paint that. And then basically whatever comes in that, the what, of those six, whatever I decided to okay. do with them. Well, it's interesting when you were describing your current state, you describe painting as work. I don't know if you if you picked up on that. Did I? Yeah, <clears throat> that's the problem. You're look, you're thinking of it as work. Well, I mean, I don't know. At this point, it's you know what it's, it's at this point. There's just I don't know because there's a lot of projects I guess I want to do, and I just. I don't, don't wanna, know where to start exactly. or don't I, know what to do. I don't want to start a big project unless I'm really committed to it and I know I'm going to stick with it and I know that there's other things in the... Like I said, dwarves are coming. Right. I kind of want to make a project of them, but it's like, what am I going to do between now and then? It's like, I can't keep working on my VC, but I'm getting to the point where I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling like I need to move to something else. Sure. But how much do I want to commit to doing something else when I know I've Given got the time to, you have, the finite time before the new books right. come and out. Right, and the thing is, I thought, I really thought with all the old rumors before they... Before Dark Elves cropped up, that this month or next month would have been dwarves, and I'd have been there. So I've been mm-hmm. waiting all this time, and now it's pushed back a little bit. Another further. another four months, and I'm just like, oh, oh, well, okay. Well, I would look at that as an opportunity. Sure, your preferred army is a little bit further out, but um, you know, you say Blood Knights to me, that's a great opportunity because those models are so awesome. 
Yes, they are. I mean, talk about like stretching your skills and challenging yourself to do a marquee unit like that. To me, that sounds like a fun challenge. That's that's one option. Yeah, and it's one I've sort of been holding off on a bit because it is that, that is a really daunting. Those five models, and I only need four for my list. Well, you just, to, just paint one and paint see where it goes. Five, yeah, it's really daunting. Paint one, see where it goes. If it's not to your liking, just you know, start over. It's only one model. That's true. I mean, you do have the luxury of time. You only have to paint a handful of models. Right. Uh, so that's that's one thing. Another thing I would challenge you to do is, um, while you're in between armies, uh, you know, work on some terrain. Yeah. You know, just kind of it's it's hobby focused. It's lo- it's no pressure, but it still adds to your hour gaming experience. Okay. Yeah. That's another thing. And then lastly is, uh, and this is probably the most important for me. It would be your terrain. Your display board, right? Because you're going to need it. It's it's a fun pro. It, it it is a fun project. Once you get into, once you get it under control and know where you're headed, that is a very fun and fulfilling project. Yeah, and I need to work on mine. And I think uh, for that, it's just I, I may I may have set my goal a little lofty because I wanted to use those Herstart molds to really make. The tiles and stuff. You're shooting, yeah, shooting very high, which yeah. I like. Yeah, it's it's. I think that's the thing. I'm 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 tired of just painting to get enough to put it on a table, mm. but to spend the time to do the type of stuff you're doing, I really, I want to know what I'm doing. Like, I don't want to just all of a sudden start. Well, I'm going to start doing some of these. I'm going to make another terror geist, and I'm going to really convert him and work him up and all this stuff because I don't have any idea what I want to do with him. Mm. And it's like, well, I mean, it's not. I mean, I've I've done the whole army to a to a I, I think a nicer than basic standard. I've sure, been getting yeah, good, good. I've been getting good points with it, but it's like I don't want to go over the top with trying to do some conversions and trying to do stuff really t- with a few models that I'm you know like that suddenly they won't fit in with the right, rest right. of the army. Well, so, let's. Uh, I, I did find do some research okay. in anticipation for this topic. Excellent. Uh, and thanks again to Rotor because he actually he he and I both work in the creative industry. Yep, graphic design of, of some uh, of some color. And he'll often Facebook or tweet articles that are like kind of recharge your creative juices and get you into the flow of things. So I figured um, one of the articles that he posted was germane to your specific situation. So thanks okay. to Rotor for this one. Cool. Title of this article is Creatively Drained, Eight Tips to Recharge by Ilya Posen of Inc.com. So okay. he lists eight things here. Keep in mind, this is kind of more for a corporate slash creative type, but it, it does apply to you. One, and we just talked about this, let go of your fears. Okay. If something seems daunting to you, just, just try it. You have nothing, you have absolutely nothing to lose but time. Okay, that and, makes sense. And you, just through experimentation, trial and error, you might stumble upon a new technique or something that you, that works for you. Makes sense. So, like the, the Blood Knights, I wouldn't let them intimidate you. Just go for it. Just paint one up and see how it looks. Yeah. Okay. Uh,. The second point is uh, let it be. It says unchain yourself from your project or task for some time. I think it's essentially saying take a break. Now, this this part I, I italicized for you specifically. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes focusing on one task for a long time clouds your judgment and impedes creativity in the process. Now, I know you like getting into machine mode and working on 5,000 zombies at one time. <laughs> but I think that could burn you out creatively because it's just so much. Okay, I see what you're saying. Talk about, you know, it's kind of the walking dead syndrome. Yes. You know what I mean? So just to mix it up, um, you know, a core unit here and then a hero, another unit, a monster, just to so for variety's sake. Okay. I know some people talked about, I think uh, Greg over at Painting Table, he'll paint a unit and has as his reward for finishing the unit, will paint a hero. You know what I mean? 
Okay, and spend a little more time on something you care a little bit more about. Correct, right. But, you, you, you know, you trudge through those units that you have to paint to get to the ones that you want to paint. Okay. Um, you've, or you've done all the ones that you have to paint and more. Yeah. So yeah. I think you have to ask just what do you want to paint. I see what you're saying. And that's part of it, though, is I just I keep going to myself. What do I, I have no idea. It's like I'm at this point where it's just like I look I look at all these models I've got and it's like well there there might be some additional points in this article that might answer that question okay for so point number three is get inspired uh, are you familiar with Jack London yes okay he says do as Jack London says you can't wait for inspiration you have to go out after it with a club okay so don't wait to get inspired you have to find it I don't know where that would be for me it's uh, going to coolminiornot.com you magnificent bastards uh, race specific forums. You know, to okay. see, you know, what people are doing, you know, with my Hiles, you know, different, same models, but different concepts from cool. from their point of view. Yeah. Or uh, the Warhammer Forum has the glass cabinet. I mean, all those resources. If you get well, inspired. Well, actually, you, you sent me the stuff from Cool Mini or Not that got me inspired to get all those Graveguard done. Yeah, I, I go there probably once a week just to see. I had like three test cool. models that were terrible. You're like, Dave, this is kind of what you were describing. Is it? I'm like, wait, that's it. Now I, could, it's like I couldn't visualize oh. it in my head. Mm-hmm. I knew what I wanted to do, but I couldn't get it. And it's like I looked at it like, wait, that works. Now, don't let it intimidate you and say, well, I can never paint to that standard. But at least it can give you an idea as to color scheme, basing, right. conversions. Y- you've got to start somewhere. Yep. Uh, another good source is James Wapple. He's in the Chicago area. He's a phenomenal painter. I'll be getting, what, 20 of his his, his videos, videos. from his Kickstarter. I'm waiting for those DVDs to come through. Yeah, man. those I can't wait to see. It, it, his painting technique is so simple, deceptively simple for it, how good it is. It looks really good. Um, so, so get inspired. Okay, you, you'll have to figure out how to do that, but do as Jack London says. Okay. Uh, four is revisit past ideas. Sometimes you might try something and didn't work out. You'll shelve it, come back to it later, and it might turn into something you got a little better technique down or something like that yes. maybe okay and this is imp- i think germane to you because i know you even mentioned earlier i think via twitter or something that you had a blog or a hobby thread that you kind of let go yeah it i think it's important even when you don't want to you know up- update that thing because a couple of years later you might refer back to it to see how far you've come i see what you're saying so I, I like to revisit old threads just to see the, the comments and criticisms people have left. Uh, number five is share. If you're str- and you're, I mean, you're doing that now. If you're struggling with an idea or task, share it with someone else. Seek out a new creative perspective by having your coworkers or co-hobbyists in this case. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, have them comment on how they improved the idea or where they envision the project heading. And you do actually do that. You post pictures on Twitter, you'll ask for my advice or Grant's advice, etc. Exactly, yeah. There was a time where I, uh, when the Orc and Goblin book came out, I tried to green stuff sculpt my own Mangler, because models hadn't come out by then. Oh, right. And I brought it over, actually, when you guys were recording, and I thought it was the best thing, and I showed you guys, and you're like, yeah, it's not really working. Let's just keep on recording. I was like, oh. (laughs) So, it it didn't work, uh, so I I just put it away. I don't remember doing that. Well, because it was such a passing thing. Obviously, the model didn't uh, have the gravitas that I wanted. Yeah. So even though I thought it was the best thing, it obviously didn't grab anybody. So and that's a risk everybody I think runs when they're green stuff. Unless you're really good at it and know what, you're like right. unless you're a sculptor, you know, Aaron does that stuff really good. Hastings does it really good. Sure. But everyone else runs the risk. Like I don't even really try to sculpt because I have trouble just making things match up when I'm using green stuff to. I, I think it's the the frame of mind that you have to take. I mean. When you, f- when you put your army onto the table, you're opening yourself to criticism right off the bat. Right. Just for painting. And I, from a 
and I'm sure Rotor will agree, from a creative standpoint, since we do this professionally, it's our job to take those verbal tongue lashings. We put up a logo, web design, whatever, it will get ripped apart, but it's it's no skin off our back because it happens day in and day out so often. So criticism is part of the game because it's a creative hobby. And it's I so subjective. You. No, I, hey, that, and that makes sense. That actually puts it into a, a good perspective when you talk about it that way. So, again, you have nothing to lose. And I think, to your point, you'd rather have honest criticism than someone kind of just blowing smoke. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> point number six, and again, this is very germane to you, get some rest. <laughs> it says, it's amazing that what sleep can do for you and your mind. Sometimes the most challenging tasks or creative roadblocks are better undertaken after a good night's sleep. Uh, you know, it says try this, take a nap, and revisit an idea afterward, etc. So, and I know before when I first met you, you were like a sleep minimalist. You would run on like two hours of sleep or something insane like that. I always thought, gosh, how usually can you about function? about four. And even now, six, seven. Well, that's better. Yeah, four is a little. Four is a little, little. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. I'll usually go for six. Sometimes I'll get seven. It depends. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, rest is important. Uh, point seven is exit your comfort zone. Uh, whether you've got a physical comfort zone, like your office or workspace or your crypt, or a mental one, try leaving it. So maybe paint some dwarves, you know, paint some ogres or wood elves, stuff that's different. That okay. Kind of re-energize your, your hobby mojo. Just, uh, something you're not going to use, you could practice with yeah, even. a dwarf lord, you know, sure. maybe a cannon, you know, something cool that doesn't take too long, but it's fun to do. Okay, uh, makes sense. Let's see. And the last one is is not relevant. It, it's there's an app for that. Which oh, in okay. our case, I don't think there is, but there's plenty of <laughs> online resources. There's an app for that. Paint my model. Right, right. Point your phone at it. Take a picture. Creative juices. Click here. Exactly. Oh well, that's some pretty good advice. And like I said, it's just it's it's been really. I just I'm I am I guess uninspired to like to do. Like I'm having fun reading the books. Mm-hmm. I'm having fun writing army lists. I still do that. I work on the campaign. I'm reading all the books. I'm doing all this stuff. But when it comes time, when I've got time, when I can just sit and paint, I'm just like, uh, and there's well, so let, let me ask you something. From an introspective point of view, how often do you think about the hobby side? Like, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm thinking of painting this unit like that. Maybe I can c- convert it like this. Do you do it just when you sit down and in, are in hobby mind? Man, I think about different ways to paint my models at least every other day. Hmm. I mean, I'd say probably almost every day I'm thinking about them. It's just oh, I've I'm never – it's not I, – I, I'm just – I'm not finding anything that I can latch onto and stick with long enough, something that's making me want to jump in for the long haul. I mean, to be honest, you've been working on your VC for how long? Two years? Yeah. That's a long time for one army. Yeah, I mean, I got it. I got several thousand points worth done. But even then, it's like I never finished my black coach. I should probably just maybe sit down and try to do something you'll like never, that. No, one, I don't think you'll ever. Well, let me rephrase. You'll rarely find a person that's finished their entire army to their liking, right? But there's, there's, there's still always going to be a still big gaps in my army. But there's that, always going to be. There's always going to be yeah. big gaps. I think you're at the point now where you can start painting what you want to, not what you have to. True. I've still got unpainted skeletons and like 20 unpainted ghouls, and it's like, I'm never going to necessarily have to even need... I have 100 ghouls painted. 
Yeah, but that's, that's I don't stuff need that to, you've had to do. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't need to paint the other 20. They're in the box. Right, They're put right. away. It's like I don't. I, I know I don't need to get to them. They're off to the side. What about the, like, you know, the black coach? I mean, you, you've got great conversion ideas for that. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I want to see. And the thing is, and I might this, I might just bite the bullet on this one. Is I mean, I bought that, I bought the metal one well over a year ago, mm-hmm. and it's such a pain in the ass to convert because it's all metal. It's all metal. I'm really thinking about just buying a another one, a fine cast one. Oh, they fine one cast. No, is it the same model, just fine cast? Yeah. yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm thinking about it i'm thinking about it. i don't want to waste money and that's the thing that's sure, really right. just driving me nuts is totally be a waste of money to buy a model i already have right. just because i don't feel like doing the, the conversion with all the metal because it's going to be a big honking pain right and that's why it sat there for so long but that and i think i might need a corpse card or two especially with all the asf that's going around now mm-hmm. so i may you know i've got two of them they could probably be painted so now it's just yeah like you said just doing stuff i want but it's just, yeah, like I said, it's been two years, and I'm just getting That's a tired. lot for, for one army. Uh, and I'll tell you, and here's, I was thinking about it yesterday, or actually, no, the day before. Um, and I, I think I'm going to blame GW in at least part for my hobby coma. Hmm. Because Explain. now that they're putting out books every two months, it's like... There's always something new on the horizon that I might want to look at and might want to start. Uh, like, remember, I gave myself that rule because I, I don't buy any, right? With the exception months. of when the dwarfs come, one month yeah. I give it a month. I buy the book and the cards, but I will not buy any of these. Even if I decide I want to do dark elves, I will wait one month before I buy anything, just so, to keep myself from impulse buying and sure. going crazy. But now that I've kept myself, I said, you know, okay. I waited a month with Warriors because I had some. I waited a month before I bought anything. I said, you know what? Nah, I don't think I'm going to do Warriors. I'm not going to buy them. Well, a month passes, and now it's like next month, this is coming out. I think it was Demons. Right, Wasn't it Demons? Right, yeah. Oh, I might do Demons. I waited a month. Eh, I don't know. I like Demons. Maybe not. And if I, if I wait a month and they've been coming out every two months, then it's like the next one. That might be coming out. And I've done this now successively for like four books in a row. Where it's like, I've kind of waited, looked, eh, nah. So it's uh, paralysis by over-analysis? Paralysis, just, it's so much, frequency. Yeah, yeah, it's so yeah. much is coming out. It's like, I'm, you know, everybody says they get in the hobby wobbles. Right. I've got them too, but I'm not doing anything. It's like, I'm waiting for that thing that's going to make, that's, I'm like, yes, this is what I want to do. Fun is at and the I core. And I keep thinking it's coming. And it's just seriously, I mean, everyone says, oh, I've got hobby wobble. You know, I've started this and now I want to do this. I started, And I'm just, I'm not. I'm not going to go out and buy a new army right off the bat just because it looks really great. Because if I went out every time a book that I read looked really great and, I, and gave me ideas for what I could do mm-hmm. to build, I would literally st- I would have every You'd army. Be brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <coughs> by well, this I, I think fun is at the core. Whether it's you do fun for hobby or fun because you think it'll help you win with certain unit selections, whatever yeah. your definition of that, I think that's that's what you have to stick with. Right. And I keep looking not, at the and books. And not look at it as work. I think right. what you consider painting work. Well, and I really, kind of I guess I, I really don't, but I've had so many other things to do that it's just, and it's just, it's gotten to the point where I'm not, I guess I'm not looking forward to painting. It's like I keep trying to come up with plans and ideas, mm. but nothing's given. I'm just not getting that feeling that's like, yes, I want to do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, it's I, like, I know I need that. to. Yeah. I just don't necessarily feel a, 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 like a, a real desire. Exactly. 
And I keep wondering if that next book's going to do it. I really, I have some lizard men. I totally could have gone oh. and started. And I read it. I'm like, wow, this looks really cool. I think I want to do it. And I looked at it, kept looking at it. And I was writing up a list and writing up a list and going, no, this doesn't quite do it for me. And so I'm stepping off to the next thing. And the Dark Elves, man, and the Dark Elves, uh, you know. They look cool. The, the High Elf book and the Dark Elf book. I told you when the High Elf book came out, I was like, I, this is a great book. If I wasn't collecting High Elves, I probably would have started. Mm-hmm. If I if Harrison wasn't playing High Elves, I probably would have picked up High Elves. That's how much I like that book. And now I'm looking at Dark Elves, and it's like sort of the same thing. So you don't have a raging inferno in terms of hobby? That's right. okay. I think everyone goes through that. Just stoke the embers. Like I said, terrain, an army that you're not feeling. If you have a lot of unpainted but assembled models on your shelf, I'm looking at right now. Yes. You know, I'd say pick one up and just paint it. You know, try a new technique. A new color scheme that you're not used to, used to, a new line of paints, whatever. Get my airbrush going. Yeah, there you go. That's a whole other thing that you can crack open. Yeah. I just, it is, I have so much, and it's like I've almost, maybe, I, you know, and, it's, and I keep telling myself, you know, you need to sort this and go through it and catalog it. You need to get rid of the warriors of cash you're getting rid of. I'm going to sell the, get rid of the ogres, get rid of the warriors, yep. clear out some of this hobby, maybe get rid of the lizards too, since I'm really thinking I'm not going to go with them. Again, Just, all armies I've never seen you field. Exactly. Get rid of stuff that I'm never fielding, that I'm never playing. Keep to the core stuff, and then make some room so that I can actually hobby. And I, it's like I'm kind of torn between, I, <laughs> am I doing this because this is really something that I should be doing, or am I doing this to just avoid sitting down and painting? I really think I really need to be doing this, though. I need to call this. I need to clear this out. Mm-hmm. I think organization is part of it, and that's, I'm not using that as a – Distraction. First, I got to get organized. Then I can get to the painting. Well, no, yeah, you, if yeah. I wait till I'm completely organized, I'll never paint. You I realize yeah, you don't want to be neck deep in models. And, right, yeah. but I've got to. I've got to clear some. It's got to go. It's got to go. I'm really leaning towards though. If I just start painting for fun, I think I may just go with my demons because I've got a bunch of them, and there's some already painted. Mm. And so I could play with them a little bit. And I really do like that book. I you, you like might as well. I think you'd be amazed if you played a game with a, a army, a non-VC army. That will truly, I think, reinvigorate your, your view of the game. My concern with going with the demons is I'm taking... I, I, I've still, I think I've yet to ever actually play an army regularly that plays in all four phases of the game. I don't, I don't think that matters as much because the demons' rules are so different. Their units are so different. You can have you know big flying uh, demon princes going around or a bloodthirster. Yeah, you don't have anything quite like that in a VC book. No, nothing. And so. I just I like the weird rolling up uh, when you roll the winds of magic. Weird stuff can weird happen. stuff happens. Let me just say I always get victimized by that roll every <laughs> time. Boom! New unit of twelve blood letters or whatever in my backfield. It never fails. But anyway, it's, it, but you know what? Even when I was playing against it, and that happened to me against Nickel, which I thought I was doing, and I did really well against Nickel mm. at bits, all things being equal. Um, but I think like th- that unit popping up really did just throw a complete monkey wrench. Yeah. But then I was playing against Greg Dupuy, and he had one where he did a double t- double six a break test, popped the unit, and the unit. But then the very next battle, the very next unit on the combat, he double one. Oh, so that all just came. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" So I mean, it's 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 very chaotic. It is. It's it's really. I I like that amount of random. I think that would really appeal to you. You should you should play a game. I think I, I think I should. I think maybe that's maybe that's. I mean, what talk I'll about to... betting heavy to win heavy. That reign of chaos chart is all about that. Exactly, and it's every turn. It's <laughs> so you should try that. See. Yeah, I don't. You know, I guess eh, maybe I'll play them. Just do it. Proxy your your VC guys and just see how it feels. Yeah, 
well, they're 25 mil, but I've got a bunch of stuff for that I could use. And I do have a bunch of it. If I, and I, I could start. I, and then if I wanted to start building, because I got a couple of boxes of uh, plague bears and the little yeah. plague, the little, what is it, the little swarm of the. Oh, nerglings? Nerglings. Yeah. There could be actually some clipping and models, putting things together, which I haven't done in a while. There you go. Maybe that'll get me inspired and get me going. Because I think that's been it, is I just keep looking, and there's always something new on the horizon. Uh, and if I take that month to look at the, because, you know, like, now I'm going to be spending the next month basically looking at the Dark Elves book as we're doing the review. Mm-hmm. Going through it, do I want it? Do I really want to try these guys? Because uh, there is some great so stuff here. all the while you're not doing anything because you're busy Because you're trying to figure, is sure. this what I want to do? Because I don't want to be the guy who runs out there and buys a bunch of everything, and then in a month decides that I don't want to play this army, and then turn around trying to sell it on eBay for loss. I can't afford to do that. I don't have that. That I don't have that luxury. I don't have that type of disposable income. I've got enough disposable income that if I want to go and buy a bunch of stuff, I can. But I can't. Not a whole army. I mean, it's but, quite an investment, right? I can't keep that up. And then, and and if there's a chance I'm going to turn around and not, it's I'm not going to want to play it in a very short time, right? You know, that's I, that's why I have a bunch of armies I've never fielded because I do stupid stuff like that. I'm just and I'm trying to break myself of that habit. Well, you know, for now, look at it as a as a positive. Don't want to paint VC, paint whatever else that you have available to you because it's quite a bit. Yeah, I may paint a little bit of the wood elves. I don't want to paint any more dwarves because I'm really hoping they get some noob sculpts, some better sculpts, and something that I can really look work at it. With. Look at it as a test trial run practice for when the new dwarves do come out. Yeah. So. Well, there's some good ideas, and I did. I put up that I had a hobby coma. Thank you to all the people on Twitter. Like, just go paint for an hour, Dave. Dave, I've had it mm-hmm. too. You just gotta, you just gotta go. Just gotta through the pain, as Joe Rogers likes to say. Yeah. It's just <sighs> we we all go through it. You know, back yeah. in uh, let's say ninety, oh gosh, must have been like ninety seven, ninety eight. I stepped away from Warhammer for a good three years. Didn't play a single game. Really? Yeah. Just I, it was actually when. Seventh edition first came out. Okay, I was like, "What? Ranks are now five models instead of four? Oh, it's such a ploy to buy to you to buy more models. I'm not going to play this." Oh, look at you, the and, GW yeah. conspiracy. So I, so I took a break and you know played some other games and whatnot. That's actually the first time I met uh, Chris and uh, Brian Steele. Oh, really? Yeah, playing alternative games. So, um, but yeah, I eventually came back to it, and yeah, now I love it. So everybody goes through it. It's the severity and how you react to it. Because I know the community and myself would definitely love you to stay on board. Oh, and I'm not going anywhere. It's like I still love the game and I love everything about it. I'm just like, you know, I just haven't been. And I, I was the guy on the show, especially with Christopher, pushing, making a hobby commitment, saying I'm going to have this done by next episode. We haven't done a hobby commitment. I know I'm just not going to get it done. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And it's just I've, 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 I've fallen into the Christopher role. Did you pay anything? Yeah, no. How long has it been? The last, the night before Invasion Kenosha, I made oh, those. Right. I made those movement uh, or those those markers, mm-hmm. and I painted up a couple of character models. And that was the last thing, July 13, 14, something like that. Mm. It's the last time I picked up a brush. I did pick up a couple of new little palettes because mine got ruined, and I picked up some brushes because it's like I'm going to do some right. pa- some painting. I just. I keep looking at stuff. I mean, dude, I've got all the nice stuff that I got from Mears Miniatures. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what I should do. Maybe just make one of those monsters, like the Chimera. And just you, you could do that. I, I really do think with, with your case, that, uh, for me, and I think for a lot of people out there, the gameplay drives the hobby. You know, the potential okay. that you could win with this combo. You know what I mean? Yeah. To get, to get that on the table, you know, it would be a glorious victory if I field X army. 
And I think if you do that with a different army, I think that will fuel your hobby fire. Yeah, because right now it's it's burning really burning low. low. It's just it's it's I, I'm kind of close to the end. Like I've got, like I said, those I got to paint the blood knights. I got to do a black coach, a couple of corpse carts, and like pretty much everything I want mm-hmm. will be done, except for a few character models. You know, yep. you know, the BSB on a horse in case I want to do that. And there's a lot of stuff that I've built, and I'm kind of looking at. And just I guess as I'm getting towards that last, you know, it's like that. It's like that. Uh, you see those guys who run the marathons. And they get like 100 yards from the end and they just collapse. Mm-hmm. Like they just ran 27 miles. Right, right, yeah. And they get to the end, they see it, and they see it, and they see it. And there's something Their just hits them. Just gives they, out. That's kind of where I'm at with the VC. I'm that close to getting everything I have done. Well, there's no one that says that you have to finish it now. Yeah, I guess that's part of it. Is I, Maybe I'll put it aside. I'll get the stuff finished that I need for Wapaka. Wapaka yeah. And then I think I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to have to put them aside for a while. You have to kind of refresh and reboot. I gotta do something because I'm just—I mean, I'm not doing How anything. About this? The next game you and I play, you must, you must play demons. I will not play you unless you play demons. Uh, can I proxy? Sure. Because I'm going to have to. Sure. No problem there. Because I'm going to have those plague flies, and I got no problem. Have... Whatever you want to proxy, I'm all for it. I want fifty skull cannons. Sorry. Well, it has to be a legal list. Oh, okay. Well, and that's the uh, you know. I've kept the experts. I was laughing. I'm like, do I take if, if I do start demons? Do I get some skull cannons? I may do a mixed list because right now I only have. I mean, what do I have? I've got pink horrors and uh, the the corn the corn the blood letters. Yeah, blood letters. Yeah, that's pretty much what I've got because we just did it in the team tournament. I have a thousand oh, points. Oh yeah, yeah. So all I've got is the stuff that nobody. <laughs> so I, I have no demonettes. I have a People bunch still of nerdle stuff. Letters. Yeah, I know. Well, nickel does. I know, but I, I guess that's you know. It's not the you don't see these as much with the mixed armies. You just see a lot of people apparently taking Nurgle and then throwing two 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 uh, skull cannons in it. That's what I keep hearing: a lot of Nurgle and two skull cannons. Although Brasco is making Zinch work for him for a while, and I've heard people taking well, you know Slanesh armies. Um, I I did play mono Nurgle, and I got to say it was rough. Yeah, that's but that we'll seems to be the later. best choice now, yeah. but. All right. Well, you know what? That works for me. Well, I hope uh, it gives you some insight into your hobby glut. Hopefully, it, we can. If anyone else has any advice, please go to the forums. You know, GarageHammer dot net. Um, check out the show thread for this episode. And if you've got any suggestions on how to break a hobby rut, uh, post them up because I could use more advice. I mean, Chris, you've given me some great advice, and I know this. I feel like this is the segment of me whining. No, no, it's no, not no, because we've all been there. Trust me. I've never had it You're this bad. You're just the voice of the I, I literally just brought it up to you like what, like last week, and said we should talk about this. You're like, why? Because I'm going crazy. I'm really going crazy. It's like I would rather clean at this point. Well, yeah, just it, because it's, it's like I don't know where to go. It's like I just, I just feel like it, it's a strange one because you know it's like, well, why are we doing this? Well, for fun. I'm having fun. Are you, David? Not really. It's like, oh, I like you know playing I mean? the games, and I enjoy, I enjoy. Warhammer in general, but it's I'm just at the point where it's like it, I keep hearing people about just jumping into their next project, and I've got this project, I got that project. And like, what are you doing, Dave? I'm waiting for something that I really want to. It's like I'm not waiting. I keep looking. I'm just not finding what I want to do. It's like you said, I'm not waiting for that inspiration. Every new book comes out, I look for it, and it's just that's not it. And it's been. I guess I've been looking now for about six, seven months, something to walk away from the VC for a bit. Again, while you're waiting, that's a, that's fine to wait. 
I you know work on your buildings, work on your hills because when we play, we take photos of those games and we post them uh, online. That's true. I What's guess better I... you know use of hobby time than to have fully painted terrain? Do that's it for actually the a really good idea. Do it for the listeners, Dave. <laughs> Do it for the listeners. Do it for Blair. Oh, that's the end of uh, the Schwarzenegger uh, raw deal. <sighs> you know, I've only seen that movie like once. Partially. Remember the guy gets paralyzed and he doesn't want to walk and his son was killed. Do it for Blair. Never, never saw Schwarzenegger. it. I saw part of it actually just a few months ago. I'm like, oh. this sucks, and I stopped it. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. So, all right, well, um, that's all I've got for that. And thank you for going and preparing sure, and looking yeah. for all that thank, stuff. Thank and Rotor. And thank he, you he to Rotor. all these articles on a regular basis. Because so. uh, I'm going to, hopefully next episode you'll hear a whole bunch of New yeah, Next episode maybe you can mention our uh, Your VC game I thought I wasn't going to play VC Or your your demon game I Yeah I maybe next episode we'll mention that yeah. Or a Storm of Magic game at some point Maybe Just to try it out at some maybe. point Okay maybe. Taking a break Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. Hey folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mears Miniatures at MearsMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish-level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com. And seriously, guys, you'll be glad you did. And we're back. Hello. Thanks for sticking with us. Here we go. Um, so you wanted to talk a little hobby game? Well, since we were talking about hobby paralysis, you know, we were also talking. It's just, it's been weird. I've had so many, when I'm not painting, I'm so, you know, I've been like online and reading different things and seeing other people's stuff on Twitter, kind of hoping for some inspiration. Sure. And um, 
especially on like the Warhammer forums, you see people talking about, you know, the difference between a tournament gamer and a hobby gamer. The difference between a, a tournament player and a guy who's just, you know, just a garage player or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I was well. I, let's look at hobby gaming because I think I am more of a hobby gamer than a tournament gamer. I am not. You never. You rarely see me playing games to practice for a tournament. Well, uh, you know yeah, I think you do often, but it's oftentimes against me or Grant. Well, that's. Uh, I, I never. I mean, if, if you say, "Hey, like when, we, right. like when we did that last one for the show, let's try one of the scenarios and see how it right, goes right. for Invasion Kenosha." I never suggest that stuff. Right. Like I never even think that. You're way. just happy to play. Yeah, I'm starting to think that way. You know, a little bit. Hell, I played some practice scenario games from Vasia Kenosha, yeah. and I won. So there you go. Maybe practice that's, makes perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's not a bad plan. But I just, I, mean, I think people who know me know I just, I love to play. And I'll, I'll, I, in fact, I like, we talked about the random, I like the wacky scenarios. Sure, right. And so sort of what qualifies in people's minds as hobby gaming. I'm making air, quotes, air quotes. Like there. anybody can freaking see that. Um, I mean, is it just a pickup game that's not, you know, that you're not using a, a, an idea for a tournament list? Um, is it an odd points value? You know, like I said, for the camp for the campaign, we'll pay twenty six hundred. Why? Because that's nobody's bringing a practice tournament list to a game in the campaign at twenty six hundred. Let me pose two questions to you and okay. the listeners. Uh, in a game of Warhammer, listen up, listeners. <laughs> Is there a clear winner and a clear loser? At the end of the game, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, there is. Okay. So given that, the second question is, is it more fun to win than it is to lose? Um, I would say in general, yes, it's always more fun to win. It's a yes or no question. Fill in the appropriate bubble. Oh, if I've got, see, if I've got to say yes or no, yes, obviously it's more fun to win. Okay, so if although you I have, it, although I will, you throw in the caveat that there's been lots of great games that I've lost that have been close games, right? But just you know, in terms of black and white, if it's just black and white, if you of break it down it's to its bare essentials, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, whether you're playing in a tournament game or a hobby game, you know, really, out of respect for your opponent, your objective should be to win that game. True. True, but sometimes you're playing with friends. You're like, I'm trying out a list, or I'm trying out That's something. That's okay. You, your objective is still to win, even yeah. though your chance of winning may not be as great because it is a new list or army or whatever, but right. the objective remains the same. Mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know. I, I guess for me, part of it is that it has, is going out and feel feeling free to take a list that you think... You know, this is not something other people would take, but I have an I I think I can make it work. Mm-hmm. I used to hear that when I used to listen to the Eleventh Company, which is a forty k podcast, they would have guys who won tournaments on, and if you won the tournament with a really weird list, they would always invite you on mm. to talk about oh, your I like list, that. Yeah. which was interesting. Except, and this is you know nothing nothing against the guys. I listened to the show for a long time, but uh, I know Rotor would listen to it, and they would get like confrontational almost, like. Well, why would you take that? That's 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 obviously not as good a choice as this other thing. It's like, well, I make it work really good. Well, but what if you come up against this? They always bring up like, you know, this is a oh, list. Of good. Right. And he's like, well, I just kind of hope I don't come up against that list. Well, if you know you took the optimal choices, you could face any list. It's kind of like the stuff you hear on the Warhammer forum where people point out, well, if you're going to choose suboptimal list, then you're obviously not serious about winning, or you're obviously not a serious gamer yeah, because I'm not anybody into that, who's going to noise exactly. And right. I that. that that really, honestly, is, it kind of pisses Warhammer, me off. Right? It frustrates me. I, again, none of us are doing it for a living. If we were doing it professionally and it was true competition, yep. you know, dead models for dollars, whatever, however you want to put it, then 
Yeah, gloves come off, go all out competitive. Right, and just and play those games. But I mean, I think there's a lot of people. Uh, in fact, you know who's great at this is uh, Gerald. Mm, yeah, like if you listen to Gerald, Mikey like G. yeah. He's looking at the Lizardman, and everyone's like, that's not going to work. That's not. He's like, dude, I'm taking it. I'm going to make it work. And he's the guy who's going to come at you, and suddenly you're looking at his list going, boy, you got a really bizarre list. Uh, who, would, who the hell would take this stuff? Right. And then and then after he kicks your teeth in, he's like, I'd take this stuff. You know, because right. he, he's a good enough player. He can make it work. And I actually – I kind of applaud good players who take suboptimal things to make it more of a challenge than just saying, I'm going to spam out the best object. You know, like with the right. Lizardman book. Well, the new stuff – really isn't that good. I think people who are really competitive are just going to keep taking the stuff they took. back. Well, but there's all this other stuff. Why would you just keep taking the same? Right. You, you know, know, that's what uh, Alex Nikotenko does. He he knows what the net lists out there, what everyone is taking, uh-huh. and he doesn't like to take what everyone else is taking. He, he tries to take, maybe there are suboptimal choices or whatever, but things off the beaten path, and he challenges himself to maximize those choices to... And, you know, he's a pretty solid player, so... He's a great player. I mean, and he wins with those odd list choices a lot. And I think part of that just shows that, you know, when you've got a player like that, it really does, you know, I guess it, it helps to hone your skills. Right. You know? The, the, the joke... You talk to anybody who's played Hiles back in 6th edition, and when they were awful... Right. They'll tell you that uh, doing so, game in, game out, will really sharpen your skills, because you have to worry about psychology and... Toughness three and all the other things. They never. They didn't have ASF. Swordmasters had only one attack. Okay. I think Phoenix Guard had a five up ward save. You know, so it was, just, you know, terrible. Really. So, it, but in doing so, in, in working with those suboptimal choices, it really forced you to get better all around. Yeah, I agree. And I like and I like making up like, you know, giving my general a name. And I don't name all my units. You know, like sometimes you see the white do that, Sure. You know, um, but I like. At least give my general. I, I get it's part of it is it's you know maybe it's just me, okay? Maybe and I don't know if I've I've probably said, even said this on the show before. You know I I went to film school and I have I have a degree in, in in literature and I've got endorsements in drama and theater and all this cinema stuff. And I really do when that when that game is being played out on the table and the big roll happens and you're removing models. Right. In my mind's eye, I'm really picturing like the movie version of it. I'm not just looking at models and taking them off the board. It's fun for me on a level of the cinematic, which is why a lot of times I'll be willing to take a crazy risk or do something, you know, bet heavy to right, win heavy right. because I want to just – because if it works, it's a, it's awesome. And if I screw it up, it doesn't. But Well, there's something to do that because one of the best parts of tournaments is between games. Hey, how would you do? Oh, I did this. And can you believe he rolled this and, you know – Unit of Blood Letters popped up, or he rolled Insane Courage, or you know something crazy always happens during these games. Exactly, and telling those stories. I mean, that's great. That's great fun. And to so, tell it and to to hear it. Yeah. So when they talk about forging the narrative and all that oh, stuff, yeah. I really do. I see these games in my head as more than just games. It's the story of what's happening on the table is what I'm taking away from it. What I'm enjoying when it, when I'm seeing it. And that's what I think is not to knock. War Machine in, in that line, but that's what I found lacking in that game, because that game was so like statistical, and you could see what was going to happen, Yep, and it would just play out that way every single time. My biggest beef with any of those games, and I was, in fact, when I had the guys from Mantic on, I said, Mantic is the one game where it doesn't affect me as much, mm-hmm. is, like, because I like to play Malifaux, but 
every in fact Dave actually changed it now with the second edition where your characters are set but you can buy them different kinds of upgrades mm-hmm. so they're a little less than it's not it's customizable it's, there's some yeah. custom I like that I can make my own general and I can make him however I want to make him within it makes, limits it, it gives you a little slice of the Warhammer world that you can call your own yes it's I, I put my personal touch on this I'm right. not just taking P Joe and E Jimmy and right, right. running them out on the field with this and that and the other and it's everyone you know I took P Diddy and everybody knows when you took right. him that that's everyone know who plays the game knows what he does. It's exactly the same. Here it's I had to jump, but I gave him this kit. Oh well, you gave him that kit. I normally kid him this way. You get more money, more problems. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, the only game that really doesn't bother me that does it is Kings of War. Mm. And with Kings of War, your generals or your characters um, basically are just very small, very powerful units. Right. Because they don't join units; they're just characters they run out on their own. So you're going to lose them, um, but it's not like in in this where if you lose your BSB or if you lose your general, your game goes into a huge tailspin. Mm. You lose points, but your army still runs. It's just the so the characters in that because their their role is diminished somewhat, mm-hmm. uh, or their role is different. Um, the fact that they're not as customizable doesn't really bother me as much because they're more like it's more support. Like, yeah. Yeah. So you don't have that because it plays so differently. But it's one of the things yeah, I've always loved about it is you can make that character and give him a name and be like, this is my guy. I kid him this way. I mean, to circle back to your point on the Warhammer forum where people, you know, say they raise a big fuss. Right. Or protest of, you know, why wouldn't you take the optimal choice? Because you don't, you know, you're not a, a true win at all cost game. Well, yeah, you're not you, a true tournament yeah, game. You don't know what you're talking about cuz look at your list. You're you want to take you want to take a Mortis engine? You obviously don't understand the VC. Oh, I could make it work, but we shouldn't have to make it work. Just take a better list. That's just it's like, it drives me nuts. Yeah, I I I think everyone anyone who makes those choices knows full well that it's not the best choice. But again, we're all playing this game for fun. Whether those tournament players want to acknowledge it or not, but we're all playing it for fun. Based on my play style, that actually is an optimal choice for me, though, because of the way I play. Sure. Honestly, the regrow with the Coven Throne and those couple extra bits, I do surprisingly better with those builds than taking the Night Bus. Hmm. I just don't have the Night Bus down in my head. I often make small mistakes with it, and when it's that crucial because you picked that much of a powerhouse and it's all those points and all right, that stuff, right. you can't. I prefer my style of play. Uh, and, I'm right there with you. You know, and it, and my my style of play does never goes towards the net list. You know, people are like, oh, that's what everybody takes over here, or that's what everybody takes over here. It's like, well, here's my list. It's like, but I make it work. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm in the same boat. That, yeah. that uh, cavalry list that I've been using lately, mm-hmm. that I've had pretty good success with. It's the, the you know the cav bus, dragon prince bus with the right. ambushing spears. Um, I just got curve stomped at that primer for uh, Screw City. Did you? Oh, and three. Yeah. Yeesh. I just did not play. Uh, make good decisions. What but, armies uh, did you play? I can't beat that list. I played uh, Lizardmen first. Joel Picararo. Okay. And then uh, Jeff Florido's All Nurgle, second round. Okay. And then in third round, uh, Eric West. He's a, a new gentleman to the scene, his uh, Beastman. And they all, be, you got beat by Beastman too, huh? Oh, yeah. It's because they played their game. I didn't play, I didn't impose my will. I bent 
to their will. So it was a good primer in that respect. It was funny, uh, Alex, uh, he knew that I was going to that primer, so he calls me Monday morning. You know, hey, how'd you do? Tell me all about your games, as he always does. He's kind of like my Warhammer coach. Right. So I told him all about the games, and uh, he asked me point blank, "Was was it the list? And think about this objectively. You don't have to answer now. Let it soak in for a couple days. Was it the list, or was it how you played? Because if it was how you played, and you made a few key errors, and you can correct it, stick with the list. If the list, if there was no way you could have won any of those games, and there's a fundamental problem with your list, then you need to revisit the list. But don't don't make that decision. Don't think about that on the drive home. <laughs> Give it like three or four days to Stupid sink Stupid list, I'm going to right, go right, right, tear right. this one up. Throw Dragon Princess out the window as a... <laughs> So, uh, screw this project. I'm going back to my orcs and goblins. Right. So, yeah, I I played turn a, a list that's very off the beaten path, and uh, I was a little worried. See, I thought your your list was the one that was everyone was playing. The no, huge. no, no. Mine is very unusual. The, the, you know, right now it's it's a big unit of white lions with the the banner of the world dragon. Uh, in, well, in you're not form. running the dragon princes. Dragon princes, yes, not white lions. Oh, I thought you were running the dragon princes with I the am. banner of the world yeah, dragon. I am. Well, you just said the White Lions. The White Lions is a is a is a common. Oh, choice. okay. Oh, yeah. okay. That's yeah, the yeah. common list. Yep. Okay. Uh, a lot of shooting. A lot of mixed combined arms. Okay. Um, usually two frost hearts. I think for a maximized list, three or four RBTs. So it depends on what you want to do. But yeah, mine's. I have the one Dragon Prince unit that's right. fighty, the frost heart, and that's it. The spears will come on if they decide to come on later in the game. And they're not even really that hitty. They just sit there and just they just die. Right. That's why I'm not certain why you spend all the points to have that cool little thing. Yes, if it works, it's cool. You can bring it up in their back lines. Mm. But even when you brought up my back lines, yes, I had to kind of turn around and face it. But I just wound up tying it up, you know? Yeah, the, the difference in that game was that uh, that spear unit was able to go through a unit of zombies, right? Was it zombies? I think so, yeah. So at least they got some points back. There are some games, and you've seen it, where they don't emerge until turn five or turn six. And that's with a reroll, a single reroll for the right. game. So sometimes they don't even show up. During this tournament, two, two out of the three games, I could have, I could have, they, they came on board. On the board, but the way that my opponents they were expecting him because you know by then they knew that they were going to ambush. Right, Joe's lizardman. He had salamanders, one in each area that I wanted to ambush on. Okay, and so I'm not going to do that. You so, come out, I'm just going to burn you. Yeah, I couldn't go into the the position of my liking. And the game against Jeff Florido, same thing. He flew his demon princes. He had two of them, not not the single Papa Nurgle, but two demon princes. Okay, which I think is a, probably a better choice. Okay, and he's running Epidemius, which is. Nasty. Epidemius is nasty. The nastiest list is that great unclean one with that portal, and you put Epidemius in the portal oh, so no one can get to it. That's not fun. That's that's that's, cool. like, that's practically cheating. Yeah. I'm see- and I've seen the list, and I've seen people play it, and I'm not calling you a cheater if you've played it. Hell, I'd play it if the option were there. I that's I would. But it's not nice. No. That's but, but that's nice. but that's if you're going to go and you just want to go stomp face in the so, tournament. I mean, all, our objective is to win the game. That uh, that objective is just to. Ugh. All that Nurgle, and you got Epidemius in the portal, so no one can even attack him. And it's the great unclean one holding it. So good yeah, luck getting him killed terrible. to get him out there. And you're getting all the Epidemius bonus with your opponent having absolutely zero chance. I, mean, I suppose you could have shades that pop of Nurgle and kill it that way, but it's so matchup dependent. Yeah. But but anyway, yeah. So if if people know where to expect those spears to come on, and if even if they don't come on, they can isolate on my Dragon Prince unit and just focus on that. 
And that's what Eric did. My in my third game against the Beastmen, um, Spears didn't come on until turn five, I think. Yeah, and then they're not getting their points back. Focused, now they didn't yeah. lose them, but you didn't get to use them either the whole game. It's like they come on, well, great. I didn't lose any of these points. Right. Well, I'm down 450 points. Yeah, but you're down. Yeah, four. That's that's 450 point unit. Well, 300 but, for the Spears, another 150 or so for the Noble. And the okay. And as 450 points, you didn't play with the whole game. So you right. played 450 right. down the whole game. Right. Yeah, I don't know that I'd... I mean, I know you like it. I just... It, a lot of people... Yeah, a lot of people don't like it for that very reason. But yeah. I, I, that, I like that aggressive, you know, I'm going to dictate where the fight happens type list. And it does come with some risk. I'll, I'll give you that. But the tournament re-roll, out of three up... They should sure. come out eventually. Yeah, and I and I get that, but your, most of your stories are that people just kind of kind of set up and dictate where you're going to be able to come out, and they get ready for you. Here, here's the key: the closer to the center that I deploy my Dragon Prince bus, the more brutal my loss was. <laughs> so I've got it, and I've done this against you. I deploy that bus way out on a flank. Yeah, and then start coming up, ripping up all the small yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's where I have to live, and I'm not going to win big. See, I'm giving away all my strategies, but I'm not going to win big. But if I just squeak by by a hundred points. That's enough to get the the win, because Screw that's City true. is win loss draw. Oh, is it win loss yeah. draw? Okay. So yeah, that's an interesting tournament. It's three K, no comp. It's going to be cheesed out lists, but you only have to win by a hundred. Three K. That's going to be fun. I'm just sad I got to miss that one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. But uh, like I said, I mean, I know the original topic was hobby gaming, and I'm I'm, gl- I'm glad to talk about your games. I mean, I'm totally fine with that. I just and I guess when I was writing this, like I told you, I told you off the air, I'm like I was tired. When I was writing this, and it's I seemed like I had a much better grasp on what I wanted to say, and I was trying to write the notes. Well, I guess my point in segueing to my Screw City drubbing is that whether it's you know pickup games, campaign games, tournament prep, or actual tournament play, to me it's all hobby. To you, it's all hobby because no. you're playing it for fun. You're not. You're not, yeah, like you said, what you're not that, getting paid to play it. What your definition of fun is may be different, whether it's playing for fluff mm-hmm. or playing to win because winning right. you know, should be fun. <laughs> Whatever your definition is, you know, we're all doing it for fun. I see what you're well, saying. If, all doing it, if, we were, if someone's doing this and having a miserable time at it, it's time to move on to another hobby. See, and, and I agree with you, and I think that's where I wonder. What you see that some of the people who, you know, and I guess these are the people I don't get. The people who really want to play because they really want to play and win. They don't want. They're either going to paint to a bare minimum or send it out and pay someone to paint it because they don't want to bother with it. And then they go to the tournament and they just go there, take the hardest thing I can. Where winning is like the only fun, right? And if you start losing, you start rules lawyering and start fighting. And you just—I mean, you know—you right. know what I'm talking yeah. about. You yeah. get these types of people who for that winning is the only thing. And I just, it's like there's so much else going on in this game. I mean, this really is a hobby game. And if I just, I don't get the people who are in it and they only fun, it seems, is when the glory of winning is when they win that game. And otherwise they just, they're, they're, they're either they're not having fun or they are miserable to have around. They're keeping other people from having fun. And it's like, you know, that's what you just want to be like, go play chess. You know, right. Right. You know, don't don't sit here and tell me how much my game sucks and we need to change this and change that yeah, and yeah. and and all this so you, because you and you got to you know and it's all win 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 I got to take the optimal list I guess I just never saw that as well and maybe for those people that is and yeah that is and, fun. you know if I, I, yeah I guess if that's your definition of fun God I mean, bless like, you gamers that play this game you know they're not mainstream society so <laughs> people you know who knows what sort of 
expectations they have in terms of what is fun. Yeah. So it's different for every person, especially with gamers. That's what I'm trying to say. That's true. I just and I think I think we're lucky. I think Alex when we were talking to Alex, our friend, um he said it best. He's like he's been part of this scene now for how long? And he says he's never You're seen You talking about Nikotenko? Yeah, Nikotenko. He's been playing what, twenty years? Something like that. And he's like he's never seen the the Midwest community has never been stronger, never been better, had more you know, better models on the table, better armies painted, uh people coming around from, from all different distances to have a really fun time. And we've really sort of promoted this. Sure. Um and, and I mean it's one of the reasons I really like our scene. I know some people don't because, like I said, because we play it because we're not true competitive. Because we play Warhammer. it out of the box, and you can't, you know, play Warhammer out of the box apparently. But um, we do because that's just we're we're here and we're having fun mm-hmm. and we're doing our thing. And um, well, I think we have one of the best communities around. And I'm not saying other communities are bad, but it's just ours is just so. I like where we're at too. Yeah, I like where we're at. We've grown it, but there's there's a lot of hobby emphasis along with having fun and still playing to win. We've got a lot of players around here who, I mean, I would stack up. You know, you could stack up, and I know we mentioned Mike Gerald and and Rellion and them. I would stack them up against any player anywhere. Yeah, I would too. That'd be interesting to see how that. You know pans what I'm saying? Out. And I'd say and that would be, they, that's here's the key. It would be fun to see how that would pan out. Exactly. Very much so. Right. Yeah. Because you know you, we've got players who are really competitive and really good at the game and would really enjoy going in at that high competitive right, level, competing at that level. Yeah, I agree. I you know Christopher even said at Pitts, you know when he went with the when he did really well with his uh, his chaos dwarf, his chaos dwarf. She said he said it was miserable. It was miserable. He did say he said he said he started off having fun. He goes the last couple of games at the top tables. He said they were so high stress and so focused on the game and having to do every last little thing right and paying attention to every little thing. He said he was exhausted. He's like, it was exhausted. I, it, it, he said it stopped being fun because it got so tense and so high stakes. But here's the thing, though. If he had won overall, I guarantee you that that, that state of kind of ecstasy of winning that first place would have made all of that just Is that like what our... Is that like what our wives tell us about when they have babies? How there's that whole pain, all the suffering of carrying it, and the huge pain of birth, of delivery. But then you see the baby, and all of that all goes away because you have this beautiful thing. And You're asking the wrong thing. guy. I get denied Adepticon because of a baby. So, nah, dude. I'm, well, I mean, We're asking the wrong that, dude. that makes sense. <laughs> no, nah, I remember my wife saying that because I was thinking, <laughs> you know, if you knew it was that much pain, you went through it once. No woman would ever have a baby right. a second time. They're like, but no, but the baby. You know, it's like and my wife said. Once you're holding that baby, you got that baby there, all that other stuff just sort of falls out to the window. So I'm just comparing it to all that, the mental strain oh, the and stress th- leading up to it. And then you you win. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe that was totally worth it. Well, because you just remember the good stuff. Yeah. The euphoria of the victory. Well, and I, I wonder if Chris would find it worth it even if he won. Knowing Christopher as I do, I wonder if all the stress and the tension of those games... Yes, it would have been great to win, mm. but I wonder if I, I, I still think Chris would question if it was worth it to him in the in the. I'm going to take my gloves off and say if if that truly is his was his stance, uh-huh. and I don't know if it is. Which we're just speaking. Well, I, I have no idea either. I, I'm not trying to speak for Christopher. I just know he was mentally exhausted. But even if he won the, and yeah. he was kind of down on the game for, because of the stressful experience, then. It's, it probably wasn't. It wasn't the game for him. Yeah, and, and it could be. I mean, I. 
most people we know, in fact, I'd say almost everybody we know who've come to tournaments, at least in our area, mm-hmm. have have had a good time and come back to play in more tournaments. Right. And I know tournaments aren't some people's things, and it might that I mean, that could be sure, the case. Sure, it's not for everybody. But uh, I mean, how, what what do I know? I mean, you know, I can't say what how Chris would have felt if he won. I just know knowing him for as long as I do, and knowing how after that, I mean, it was that was his last game in his tournament before he stopped yeah. doing the show and he had other things to do, and that was pretty much the end of his Warhammer right there. Wow, he must have really not enjoyed it. Not because I mean, he was already planning. I mean, we already discussed he was gonna he was done with the show because he didn't have the time. Mm. But I mean, he did. He finished up that, and that was because he didn't. We didn't the campaign we, we were done with, and uh, you know, maybe if if it's anything like my Art Boys experience, which is which was awful, right? Was really bad. If it's anything like that, then you know, part of me doesn't blame him for not enjoying. Yeah. But again, even with me, I really questioned my interest in the hop. The hobby, uh, at that point, yeah. when you when the whole art boys thing, yeah, I mean there was accusations of cheating and you know judge impartial rulings and uh, yeah, it was just bad. It happens. I mean, we can go back. I could bring up that at my you know my second Adepticon. Mm. That was I mean that was brutal. I mean we talked about it. You're yeah. like I didn't realize how much that affected you. It's like yeah. It, yeah. it made me. I mean I I was nervous and felt almost sick going into my next tournament after that because I had just. It had become such just a, uh, the, just a brutal beating for all those games. It's like, wow, this was miserable. <laughs> well, you have to, that's again, reevaluate. Is it the list? Is it the play style? Yep. Yeah, and you have to. And I mean, I've come back and done much better since, right. you know. But and So that means it's, this is a hobby for you. Yeah. Even despite losing those games, you know, you're still in it. Sure. Now I just got to get off my, uh, my get, hobby, off your get out of my hobby coma and start painting or building something. We'll see what I can do. We'll see. Well, you know what? Okay, now here is here's the challenge before we go to break and end the show. In fact, let's go to break, and I got an idea, and when we come back before we end the show. Intriguing. Because uh, 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 now I got it. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Alright, I win the combat by four, so you lose four more zombies, and I'll roll for my combat bonus. Full house, jacks over nines. That's plus one weapon skill for our hero level character until the end of this game. What? Plus one weapon skill, mark it down. Are those my square shooter dice? Yeah, they are. Now plus one weapon skill. Mark it down, David. Wait, why are we rolling up poker hands with the square shooter dice in the middle of the game? Because if we use the dice to play war, that'd be too predictable. <laughs> no, wait. No, seriously. What is with the rolling poker hands after combat? Well, the last commercial you did for Square Shooters, I went to forum.squareshooters.com and checked out their contest. I can use the dice to invent my own game or a game within a game or a bolt-on. And since you were trying out new stuff for the campaign rules, I figured we'd try this out. Oh, so this is something we could use in the campaign. So... You're adding dice rolls to the end of the combat, and if certain hands come up, you get a bonus? Or a penalty, or they might not just do anything for you. Fate is often cold and uncaring, you know. (laughs) Plus one weapon skill. Mark it down. Mark it down. You know what I'm wondering is what the listeners are going to come up with when they find out that all the different prizes you can get. I mean, including the limited publishing of the winning idea. That's awesome. I know. So I'm trying my hand. Even though you and I can't win? Even though we can't win. 
All right. Well, I tell you what. Okay. Give me a copy of the list explaining what hands do what. All right. Here you go. Hey, everything listed on mine's a penalty. Let me see yours. Hey, everything on yours is a bonus. You noticed that, huh? I mean, what? I haven't worked out all the details in the dice mechanics yet. And uh, plus one weapon skill? Plus one. Oh, give me a break. Square Shooters Dice Game. Check them out at squareshooters.com. And we're back, wrapping up uh, episode 82, The Hobby Never Dies. The Hobby Never Dies. That's going to be our title. Once, I, once we get an image, I'll get this uh, up, and, up and out. Nice. So I just thought about this Dark Elf review, mm-hmm. probably the next two episodes, the way we're going to do it. So we're not going to have much of a toolbox or a news and rumors because Typically, no. we're going to skip them. So yeah. I've actually got between now, let's see. What's today's date? So this is the 10th. So then it'll be 25th and 10th for the next two. So November 25th episode. Thanksgiving for those Thanksgiving here in the States. Thanksgiving episode will be the first episode that we've got that has... Non-book uh, review this material. Non-book review, and that's going to have time for the toolbox. So I've got like six weeks now, and I've, I get some stuff done for Alpaca. But let's see, let's see if I can get this moving. I've got six weeks. If I don't procrastinate, I could probably get all my pack of stuff done, yeah. start on my display board, and maybe pick something to do. It may be demons, uh, and depending on if Morgan gets her stuff done, I may just start playing with her Empire stuff because she's really Another wants to learn. Army, how, new army into the mix? She play wants it to for learn, variety. Well, she wants to learn how to paint and play. She wants to play. Morgan wants to play, and she wants to play that That's Empire awesome. army. So, But she says she's not 100% certain she wants to play yet. She thinks she wants to play, but she definitely wants to paint. Hmm. So maybe kind of just working with her and teaching her the basics. Thin your paint, put it on like this, do this, that, and the other. Let her paint this army. Uh, Maybe down here she'll be painting. I'll paint some of my, you know, we paint. There you go. Father, daughter. That might help spark it. Because Harrison hates painting. It's not for everyone. (laughs) He doesn't hate it because he paints his war machine stuff. He's totally not worried about the quality of his War Machine stuff because he's just playing with friends. Yeah. Whereas his stuff that he's always been painting for Warhammer, he's only painted what he's had to bring to a tournament. You know what I'm saying? Oh, where painting is judged. Where painting is kind of yeah. judged. So, and he's he doesn't exactly have all the patience right. to, to make sure he's always in the lines and the paint's thinned enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees that he puts work into it. And not the payoff that he's exactly hoping for. The payoff, yeah. and I tell him, yes, but you're cutting corners that I'm tell you know as as you're doing it, you know you shouldn't cut. I'm like, if if you put in that, then it won't work. And he, right. so he's in that sort of middle ground where he realizes he should put a little more effort into it, and a little more effort will get a lot more reward. Mm-hmm. But he just doesn't have the patience to do it. So, but Morgan does. So maybe that'll. Do it. So there's the thing. I got six weeks now. To come back with a hobby rut broken and to have something, something, something substantial going nice. on. I'm that's, looking forward to it. That's I'm going to put that goal out there. And if you don't have anything, what uh, happens? What the, do we get to do to uh, you? I don't know. You could, yeah, you'll have to dye your beard orange. Heather would get really angry. The, the masses will be angry. Will be seething with oh, rage. 
I see. If you don't have anything, so I will have. I will have something. I think I will. So, have something. so because of that, it will behoove you very much so to have something done. Yes, I will. I will. There will be progress in six. So I've got because I just realized I don't have two weeks. I've got six. Mm. So there will be progress. I'm not saying what. Just something. I'm if if I can get things rolling and start getting stuff planned and actually sticking to a schedule, you'll see some substantial movement. In it, that's I what I like. Substantial movement. Maybe here's here's how to get yourself out of a hobby coma: be on a podcast and don't do anything about Stick it. Stick your claim publicly, and then say, yeah, <laughs> and then stand there and say, in six weeks you're going to hear a whole budge. So there we go. I, nice. <laughs> we're going to break it whether I like it or not. There you so, go. There we go. All right, folks, that's a show. Um, Chris, David, thanks for coming out again tonight. Happy to be on, and. Um, yeah, hey, guys, you know, check out the store. We still have dice available if anyone needs some dice. Um, I've been sending stuff out. I got I got to email uh, an invoice to one more guy. But we still got about 300 left. So, um, and, um, you know. And, and do name that tune that we were Oh, yeah, don't forget to earlier. name the tune. Um, leave us a nice iTunes review if you can. That would be fantastic. That would be great. Uh, other than that, just join the forums. Yeah, converse with us. Garagehammer.net. Go check out our forums and please join. And uh, someone did join after the last episode. I said, well, we don't have that many members as these other places. They joined like, hey, Dave, I just listened. So I'm joining just to get your membership numbers up. I'll <laughs> do a couple of posts. I just want to make you feel good since you were so upset you didn't have enough numbers. Oh, thank I mean, we you. Have the best, we have the best listeners. We do. We, we say weird things. Oh, this makes you sad. Well, we'll fix it for you. Well, thank you. I wish I had a whole dark elf on me. <laughs> oh, well, I wish I had a million dollars. Yeah, boy. Well, you see, a million dollars is a stretch. <laughs> Dark Elf RPG, not. It's not as bad. I mean, you could tone it down a little bit. Hey, I wish I had a whole uh, Space Marine company. Anyway. Uh, it's a company, not, not a, a legion. chapter. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a chapter, it's a chapter not, a not a legion. Yeah, yes. that's what it is. All right. Okay, folks. Um, see you at episode 83, Dark Elf Review Part 1. Special guests. Fluff, special items, and magic. We'll talk to you soon. Looking forward to it. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at GarageHammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.